Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Randomer Nintendo Podcast. I am your host, Angel Salado, and I am also joined by two fellow hosts, um, Jason R., wherever you are. I am here, and um, I don't get a full last name. I mean, that's fine, but but okay. You know, an- anonymity and all that. Sure. <laughs> and Kevin Gomez. <laughs> what, if, what if I didn't want my last name being told? Good. Only I okay. get that courtesy, uh, apparently. This is not live. In that case, uh, you'd be able to edit that. You could just bleep it as if he called you something way worse than your no, last name. No, it's fine. I've, I've already <laughs> given out my signature, my actual signature that I put oh, on yeah. official documents. <laughs> that you signed our, uh, our one of our prizes with, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> At this point, at this point, what does my name matter? My social security just, number is... Uh, yeah, I was about to say, just give I mean, it couldn't out. people surmise that also from your Twitter... No, no, no. So, I mean, yeah, you could probably it, it's, 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 it's probably be the most like educated guess. I could be a, a little few layers different. It's a few layers different. I could have sworn your full name was somewhere. Or do you think your first and last name? Yeah, on his uh birth certificate and legal documents like his passport. Like on Twitter, I thought. Like Yeah, my Twitter account. When you pick someone's profile, doesn't it give you like their first and last name? My actually, personal actually, in Angel's defense, Kevin, if people piece together your gamer account with your I'm gonna wade into politics account, <laughs> they would get your full name because you use the different variants of how you yeah. They would be able to piece it together with a little detective work. Maybe that's what I was thinking about. Because I knew the pieces are out there. Yeah. Published by Kevin. Just Meanwhile, if you look up me and Ram Nintendo, you get like all my information, and yet Angel was kind enough to not say my last name. And why did I just dox myself on a recording? <laughs> I'm definitely not editing that one out. <laughs> I'm sure anyone that was curious already tried that. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might as well tell them like the street you work on. Listen, my them. routing number for my checking account is sit now. <laughs> wow. Well, hopefully you've all been well. We've had, we did not record last week. We delayed by a week, but that did give us Thanksgiving break mm-hmm. for those of you that have that or just do anything for Thanksgiving. Or what else happened in between? We had a trip to Disney that I keep thinking Jason was there So for, we, but... to clarify, means angel in this circuit. <laughs> <laughs> in this group of three, we is one. The royal we. Yeah, okay. Like, you know, if okay. I if I go to Mexico, you all go to Mexico. I mean, that'd be like cool. Spirit, or like, oh, okay. Like, when I was in Japan, you guys were basically there in Japan in spirit. Actually, you did FaceTime me twice, so it was a, it was like I was there, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I guess since we last recorded, I don't know if uh, any of you have a quick anecdote or if anything's been up lately or if anything I... popped like, oh. I was shaken to my core about 25 this minutes is your, ago. Uh, the grab bag section. Yeah, no, I got one. I, I got one. So, oh boy. 25 oh. minutes ago, I went to Wendy's and I've been shaken to my core. Let me explain. I went to the drive through. Imagine if you just stopped there like you did not bother. <laughs> and I went to the drive through. That's my story. Thanks for tuning in. No, I, I went to the drive through. You over explained and it's like, all right, move on. No, no, you don't. Okay, so it is going to sound like I'm over explained, but bear with me. So I went to the drive through and I noticed when I was waiting in the drive through that the guy on the PA, you know, the, the Wendy's person, um, was saying good afternoon, even though it was like eight o'clock at night. And I was like, well, that's a little weird, but okay. And then I get up to the PA box. 
And it was a super chipper friendly guy. He's like, you know, good afternoon. Welcome to Wendy's. Please wait one sec. I'm like, okay, sure. And then he comes back and he's like, hey, sorry about that. I'm like, oh, no, no worries. And he's like this really happy guy. And the PA was really crisp audio. And like it felt like they like upgraded the PA. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Do the order. You know, he's like asking why I want my burger. Just a reminder. It comes with tomato. Like he's like super friendly, super friendly. And then I, uh, you know, put in the order. Start driving to the window, and I happen to be waiting a little further down. I hear the car behind me, and this guy, who seems a little overly enthusiastic about his job, uh, did the exact same comments to the person behind me in the same intonation. And I realized I was carrying a conversation that I thought was with a real human with an AI bot. It's that huh. good that I got duped into thinking I was talking to a real human. Like I was saying, you know, he's like, sorry, huh. I'm taking a few minutes. I'm like, oh, no On worries. one hand, I'm like, like, oh, that's not that surprising. But I think the fact that you actually thought it was a person that's, is actually kind of that, scary. Well, that's because what's, I feel it was like, that good. He was overly chipper. Yeah. He was definitely Until overly you said chipper. That, I thought they hadn't gotten there yet. I know. I mean, right? I haven't heard any like that yet. Now I'm curious. And you know, Maybe if I need to go to Wendy's. If I stop and, like, play back the conversation, like, maybe I should have picked up on, oh, this is a little, like, way too enthusiastic for anyone that works at Wendy's. And, oh, like, you know, why would he list off every ingredient in my junior bacon cheeseburger to confirm I want it? Like, most people just say, do you want everything? <laughs> but he – it was so organic. Like, it was canned messages. It wasn't, like, real-time, you know, audio. It was canned things based on your responses. But it was so fluid. You know, even when he said, sorry, it took a few minutes, I said, no worries. He's like – Thanks. So what can I get you? And I'm just like, he, he's responding to me like directly to what I'm saying, not huh. just like canned things like, what would you like? Do you want a barbecue? Yes or no? Like, it was just like, what sauce would you like? I'm like, barbecue. He's like, great. Barbecue it is. And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> like, yeah, you don't have to repeat it. Like, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, just yeah. like, he was really chipper. And I was like, okay, this has to be a bot. So I get to the first window to pay. And uh, the guy sounds totally different. So I'm like, all right, it probably is a box. He usually takes the order. But then where I get a little tripped up is I go to the second window to get my food. And the dude handing me the drink and the food kind of is as chipper but not to the same extent. Like he had kind of a like pep in his step. But I was like, wait, is it him? Was I listening to him? And then I Googled it. And no, it is an AI bot for real. And the fact that we are at the point in 2023 where I got legit duped tricked by an ai bond to think i was talking to a real person is very weird and i don't know how to feel about it but it was kind of mind-blowing in the moment so i'm still reeling from that but that that was my yeah. big experience yeah that's yeah that's quite the tale it does remind me of um a post i saw the other day where yeah it was just another like damn this is just the kind of reality we're in where some people just have to be careful for this and it was just um Someone basically fishing for, mm. I guess, communication with other people on the mm -hmm. internet. And then, you know, they'll message them and like, oh, hey, it's me. And they're like, no, it's not. And then they'll be like, yes, it is. And then they're like, look. And then they're like, well, like, send me a message with a voice. And then they just like, you know, put AI voice. And then they're like, oh, it is you. Okay, let me call you. And it's like, damn. Like, you know, that's well, kind of a minor thing. Like, I think they were using it like a joke. No, like, but that's uh, a real scam. That like, scammers will but, like, no, but yeah, but, but, yeah. But the fact that people can do that and... You know for a fact it's going to trick a ton of people. Like elderly in particular. Yep, yep. Hey, Grandma, yeah, I'm to... in jail. I need your help. I happen to extract all this audio from 12 years worth yeah, of Yeah, especially, I mean, if you're Jason. famous, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah if, if you are if you have a famous voice, there's a chance it's already an AA bot. It doesn't have to be famous. It could be us. 
We I remember I was no, saying people no, can find my information online. They could also spoof me easily, and you, and you, Kevin. Like it's so easy. But that's true. There is hours and hours of material they can use to train an AI what, on what's, our voice. What scared me about, or not scared, but what's interesting to me about, is like I feel like I crossed like a Rubicon or a threshold these last couple of weeks with AI because. It used to be like we are sort of intrinsically trained with like some sort of like I want to call it media literacy, but like we have, you know, you go on the Internet, you see a video or a photo and you're like, oh, maybe that's fake. Oh, maybe that's shopped. Oh, I know, you know, whatever. Like I know to be cautious or like you go and you seek out AI, like you go to chat GPT and you say, hey, I have a question that I want you to answer. Or you go like Dolly or one of those image things. You're like, I want you to render a unicorn on a back of a hippo and it just does it. And like those situations yeah. with AI, like you're kind of in the pilot seat and you know it's coming. It's when you don't expect it and Mr. Friendly Wendy's man is actually a robot or even um, last week I was doing some stuff with Photoshop and – I used the generative fill and generative expand features for the first time and um, what used to take me hours. Like if you go around com and look at the podcast banners we had from the old show, if you go back and you see how I like – I had a lot of fun with those. But it took me forever to cut things out, to ex- make backgrounds go beyond what they do. You know, like th- we had a 1,000 pixel background and I needed it to be 1,200. So I'd like make 100 extra, extra pickle, pixels with like clone stamps and stuff like that. Like the fact that now I just type – I don't even type. I just expand the crop tool and it just fills it in perfectly in like under a minute. And I used to take me hours. Like there's just like – like AI's like reached a point where it's not like I was saying AI fill this in. I was just like I need to expand an image. Bloop and it's done. Or like I need to order from Wendy's. Bloop and it's a robot. Like it's just – we've hit that point where it's just like integrated past the point of like it being AI. It's just like computers just doing things that are now like in your life whether you know they're there or not. And that's weird. Like even with Siri, you know, like a decade ago, yeah, it was it's, very like scripted and structured and it still it's is. It's definitely concerning because yeah. like I consider myself uh, pretty confident when it comes to, you know, the online stuff. I mean, we, us in particular, we, I feel like we landed in that nice sweet spot where we kind of saw the evolution of, you know, just modern internet, internet or computer mm-hmm. PC usage. So for the most part, I feel like, oh yeah, like I'm never going to fall for any of these. But Despite all of that, like, depending on when you see it, like, what you're doing, you could be slightly distracted or focused on something else. And suddenly, like, I fell for one. Like, I would think I was, like, shopping around with coworkers. No, not coworkers, the family. And I got a text from a coworker. But it didn't seem, I guess I didn't really see it as suspicious at the time, just because I wasn't really paying too much attention to it. I was just kind of passively, like, looking at the phone. And I decided, oh, they need help. Oh, they're in trouble. Or, like, or, well, not like, it wasn't like a horrible trip. It was like, oh, they, they need a hand or something. Right. And, they, you know, it was like the the classic gift card one that I should have seen a mile away because I knew about that one. But it just happened to hit me at the perfect time where, like, my brain was just, like, slightly off. Right. And thankfully, I was able to, as soon as I realized what it was, I was, I just, you know, um, what's it called? Just redeemed the gift cards back into my account. So... Like, and and even with that, there's, there's still like a human element, right? Like those are usually, maybe it's a bot that's saying, oh, oh yeah, 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 no, yeah, and these were 100, no, yeah, and these were 100% human because yeah. like they got angry later sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. when suddenly like it was a coworker to like this random person yelling, he's like, hey, we're happy to do the card. Like, oh, I used them. <laughs> but yeah. Right, right. But yeah, it's just, it's just so weird to be at that point where like, I literally, yeah, I was just like, I wasn't even like mind blown when the Wendy's thing happened. I was just like, huh. We're there. 
It's not like, Siri, what's the weather? Well, the weather is sunny and 52. It was just like talking like a normal thing. We're there. It's weird. It's so weird. And I'm still like, I don't want to say rattle because it's very extreme. But I'm still kind of like reeling from the fact that I fell for it. And I only realized it when the car behind me had an equally chipper experience. So, yeah. So that's me shaking to my core. But how was everyone else's uh, Thanksgiving week? What, did you guys, what were you guys up to? I think I could top that. Uh, it's been... I'm still... I don't know. It's It was fine. Nothing amazing happened. I finally had a little more time to play some more games. I progressed some more on Final Fantasy VII. Still going very slow through it. I think I'm like eight hours in. Um, only thing of note was that I played for like two hours straight. And then I died. And then I realized that I didn't save during that time because you know the save file wasn't there when i was trying to load back in and i was like god damn it so you know two hours had well oh no thankfully i did not have to replay those two hours entirely because i learned that the final fantasy remake port hd port on the switch has like a fast forward mode you just click in L3 and suddenly everything is moving three times faster. Yeah, that, that, that feature is great. Then, uh, Final Fantasy VIII, uh, that port as well. The HD port oh, also that's added. A two. Oh, that's convenient to know. And then just like by trial and error, um, I try not to use these unless I have to replace stuff like this. But I also learned that by clicking in both sticks, you make it so that overworld encounters do not trigger. Unless it's something scripted. Yep, same. So you could just, you know, run through the whole field. And then you could press R3 to basically constantly refill your health and give you and fill up all your status meters. So you could just spam your ultra move over and over again. Um, I don't know if 8 does that as well. But if so, then all the... I imagine all the remakes or ports would have that. Because it looked yeah, like it was so. just a, a blue icon that just, like, overlaps on the side. Like, it doesn't look pretty. Mm-hmm. It just looks like, oh... Here's some extra functionality. Otherwise, it's the exact same game. But I guess I am on the second disc, based on what I've heard when I tell some coworkers like what more I am in the game. But I will say, oh my god, I, I definitely got. I don't really want to say use the word chills, but like I was really, really like, you know, eyes glued to the screen over a couple sequences that I've played, like, since yesterday. Like, basically, the whole escaping from Midgard, the whole bike chase, then you fight the boss on the bridge, mm-hmm. and you leave Midgard, and then right now, like, the last thing I went through was basically finally learning who Sephiroth is after hearing how he's such a cool guy, but then before you even see him, you see, like, a trail of blood, and you see, like, the his, you know, his path of destruction before you ever even see him for the first time. And the first time you see him is, like, in a flashback, and... I don't know, it made me really like him more as a character, just like, yeah, it was, it was cool. Like, it makes me really like Sephiroth that much more in Smash Brothers. Like, <laughs> I was already it's trying like to make him a main character. appreciation of his inclusion. Yeah, because, like, I started secondaring, seconding, secondaring, Sec- Sec- whatever you call it. Sec- um. Yeah, second started you using you as a... his motion in a meeting, if you were talking <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. Oh, uh, well, well, yeah, my 
yeah, my main is Bowser, and like now I also play Sephiroth. I've just been trying to for the past like couple months, but it was mainly just because like he just seemed like the coolest. He was just the character that looked the coolest, just like just you know just pure cool factor. Don't really know much about him, and he just looked unapologetically evil compared to the other ones. And yeah, and over time, just playing through this section, seeing him going to madness, seeing the origin of his victory screen where he like, you know, looks at you and then turns away and walks into the fire. Like it's eerie. And it really also makes me go like, I can only, I wonder how this all plays out on the, on remake. Oh boy. But then I'm also, <laughs> but then I'm also like kind of remembering because it hasn't been spoiled for me, but just based on little things I heard, like, you know, six hours in, I was doing that motorcycle chase and leaving Midgard. And from what I've gathered, you're 40 hours into Remake and you're barely leaving Midgard or maybe not even that far yet. Uh, yep. But, damn, mm-hmm. they're really milking this. I mean, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, I haven't felt like I needed more exposition. Like, I mean, honestly, I was kind of surprised how fast the whole cloud, you know, going in a dress to enter the Bumblebee Lounge or whatever. Like, that all came and went in, like, less than 10 minutes. And I remember, like, you know, obviously the whole sequence in the remake lasting a lot longer oh, because yeah. you go through more of a song and dance. Literally. Yeah, you literally go through the, through the song and dance. <laughs> I, I would just like to point out, Angel, that you were just saying, I don't know if you need more exposition, to the company that makes Kingdom Hearts. And it intertwines <laughs> everything they do in Kingdom Hearts as if it's the most crucial plot points. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so I don't we're know. Talking to the wrong so crowd. I'm kind of, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'll think about what I think about this one and nothing will be able to change that. But now I'm kind of worried. It's like, oh man, is this going to make it feel bloated or is this going to like really mess up the pacing? Because so far I like the pacing. The, of in, in Remake? Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, like how it affects the pacing for that game versus this game. Because mm. right now it would feel like. You know, the first three hours of Final Fantasy VII OG is like the first twenty of yeah. remake. So like, is there just a lot of filler, or is it just like way more talking? The or filler just... that is there, I'm pretty sure is completely optional. Um, mm. but I don't know. I I just I I really want to see you play a remake. <laughs> that being said, I also really appreciated seeing. I guess original Cloud that was way more, you know, hopeful and energetic because I've only ever seen him as stoic, mm-hmm. generic anime sword man. But yeah, it's like, well, he's a character now, or I see him as a full character. And not to mention just, you know, learning more about the Tifas and the Barret and the Heiresses. But yeah, I guess that's, that was pretty, I guess my highlight of my last couple of weeks is a, a big jump in appreciation for Final Fantasy Seven. But and you know, just looking forward to playing eight, nine, and ten, and six. Maybe not in that order. But, yeah, you definitely yeah. shouldn't do that in that order. <laughs> really? Then out of the order they came out, as people experienced them. Well, well like that was well, inherently wrong. Six is <laughs> you've already skipped. Six, oh, but... <laughs> not... <laughs> yeah. I, I, Final Fantasy I, Six I is probably you. the best. I mean, I mean, I mean, six. I, I mean, I mean, I don't know where to put six. It's like I kind of want to just. Go sequential with the three. No, honestly, ones, and then I forgot about. Honestly, six. yeah, I would go that route because Final Fantasy VI is like widely considered the best Final Fantasy game. Damn. Which one do you think has the best villain, though? Is it still Ooh, Final Fantasy VI? I'm really, I really like sure the villains for like, Final Fantasy VIII. 
I really like those villains. Oh. What about protagonist? Protagonist? Like Squall. Squall Leonhart? Squall from 8, yeah. right? Out of all of them? Yeah, I'd probably... Final Fantasy VIII is my personal favorite Final Fantasy. Um, huh. Final Fantasy VI I, and Final Fantasy VII, I think, are better games. But eight is definitely my favorite. Eight has my favorite soundtrack of any video game of all time. Uh, like the opening... Not the opening track, but the track in the very first like hub world that you're at, uh, Balam Garden, is probably my favorite piece of music of all time. Damn. See, that's what makes me excited, too, because, you know, the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack has been... I mean, basically played to death everywhere. Uh-huh. Like, I've been here all the time. And Smash Brothers, been hearing it everywhere else. Like, I mean, I love those tracks because, I mean, they're still great tracks. But, you know, it's still Final Fantasy. And I'm definitely curious to see what other music I've been missing out on this whole time. Yeah. And I'm sure for some of it, the theater rhythm. But, you know, it's not the same until you play it in its context. Mm-hmm. Says the guy that always is like oh it's the song from guitar hero 3 when he hears the originals or oh it's the song from elite agents now you appreciate context there you go. it's a little different <laughs> it's, it's different for video game music versus that music that kind of music i, I get what you mean because that yeah. kind of music is more about like i mean like let's say you get your meteora album little jason is ready to listen to some lincoln park ready to rock like <laughs> it's like what is the perfect place like or perfect situation to listen to the music like do you have to be i don't know it was looking for like skating music do you have to be like skating while listening to it can you just listen? i is, yeah the one time from i got a skateboard bed, i broke my arm so not that <laughs> <laughs> i was on it for all four it's seconds like, but does it be out walking do you need to be in your in a room all nice and quiet you'd be in a dark room the point is feeling you know, emo and angsty and just wanting to tell people shut up when they're talking even though that's a lyric mm-hmm. hybrid theory i'm using it here the point is, you know, like wherever a music finds you or a song finds you, and that's just onto you because you just enjoy how it sounds. And, and it just so happens that the first time I heard a lot of these songs were in Guitar Hero, which is kind of crazy. Or at the very least, heard enough times to actually process like the song itself because whenever I, they would pop up maybe on the radio, like, you know, Carries 101 or something like that for some of the rock stuff. Like, I don't think I was ever really stopping to listen to them. It was just like, oh, it's that song. But then, you know, in Guitar Hero, you kind of are forced to actually, like, sit down and listen to it. Also and then in... you realize, like, oh, this is actually a good song. Like, wow. And, you know, it's like you, you got your core memory there. Also, in your defense, I was being a little facetious because the thing with video game music is it's tied to what's happening on screen, right? Like, directly. So... Mm-hmm. There is context added when you hear it, not in theater rhythm, but in the cutscene or the moment where it's actually relevant originally versus mm-hmm. a CD. To your point, you play it wherever. You listen to it wherever. It comes on the radio. It, you turn off all the lights and throw on your headphones and, and dance in the dark. Like, who knows how people consume music? But, like, the video game music, yeah, you. to your point, yeah, it, it, it very it's tied in very closely to the visual and to the interactive element and all that. So, Yeah. It has a whole other layer. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess I don't really have a transition here outside of the fact that I mentioned the Switch at one point. You didn't but ask Kevin how his is. Thanksgiving was. I asked everybody. Did he answer yet? In general, it was it was a call out. Oh. oh. Kevin, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was fine. So on to uh, the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you were included now, Kevin. There you go. Thank we're you. All, it feels we're nice. all... 
friends here. And in, in all seriousness, I think this was the first Thanksgiving in about five years that I did not work at all. So that was a nice change oh, of pace nice. for me. Oh, nice. Nice. That is nice. So you get some gaming you in? You got a full weekend as well? Uh, I got a lot of snapping in, and course, I course. I did play a lot of this uh of this one game that I'll talk about later. But the Switch was brought up first, so we can talk about that. Yeah. So the Mario Kart DLC is finally over. What R-I-P. feels like was announced. Yeah, it was announced like over a year ago. Two years. And really, mm-hmm. dang. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just remember it feeling like like wow, what value. And yeah, like I mean, it's so amazing. Compliments, all the compliments and praise for them doing this. But I did notice already that um, it got smashed for this character syndrome really quick. Whereas I look at the DLC as a whole when I throw when I jump in Mario Kart, and then I'm like, man, there's only two tracks I like to use from this whole thing. There weren't that many overall tracks that I actually What were those two? What are your favorites from the whole collection? And then we could talk, I guess, maybe about the new DLC. But the, the, of, the of the whole thing, what were <laughs> the two? Rainbow Road Wii and Rainbow Road 7. So, <laughs> Well, you didn't like – that's fine because my two highlights were um, Ninja Hideaway and Squeaky Clean – whatever it's called. Squeaky – the bathtub one. Like I thought those new tracks were really fun. They were cool. Ninja Highway just has great yeah. music for what it's worth. That's really what makes the track. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one does have good Squeaky music. Clean Sprint? Is that what the other one's called? I'm trying to remember. Squeaky Clean Springs? Yeah. Squeaky, squeaky Sprint, Clean Sprint, I want to say. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy that it's over and that we finally got Diddy Kong. But I kind of miss already the just knowing that there's tracks in the horizon. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the same thing as when they finally finish with the Smash Bros. characters. It's just like, now that it's over, it's just kind of like, now what? But yeah, it you know, I, mean, it's, I guess it's, maybe we'll get a new Mario Kart announcement, but not on not yeah, on the, not on the Switch. We ha- won't. It went from like always having a reason to jump back to Mario Kart to not having one as often. I guess I I feel like even less often. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like to your point, like everyone's like, oh, like I saw a lot online and I even created something as effective. Oh, the end of the era for Mario Kart, you know, 10 years since it first came out. Like we went from that weird Mercedes DLC. Remember that? That was weird to like now this and it was this whole arc. But I would argue to your point, the arc isn't just Mario Kart's arc. It's like the Switch arc because there hasn't been a single year since the Switch, since the first year of the Switch, that there wasn't some sort of, for lack of a better term, like, fan service nostalgia bait DLC thing carried at the end of the stick to kind of reinvigorate conversation with fans about some game that already came out. Like we had Smash, right? We had all the characters, like you were saying. And then we and then within like a few months of that ending, maybe half a year to a year, Mario uh Mario Kart got its new DLC. And it's like, oh now we gotta do the same thing with speculation and excitement and revisiting the old game but for tracks. Yeah and now we like kinda close the, the whole book community on that. is, you know, waiting in bated breath. Yeah, like there was always kind of like, oh, as what's as coming? A, what do they data mine? What what do we speculate? And that's been a big part of the Switch story since literally 2018, since Smash came out. Um, and the fact that that's now over for both Mario Kart and obviously Smash before it, like there isn't – I feel like there isn't something like that on the horizon for the Switch anymore. Like sure, we're getting like – Yeah, the closest thing is just like 
When will we get Metroid? That's about it. <laughs> Not till the Switch 2, I bet. But, um, yeah, no, it's like, okay, I guess you could argue single player Splatoon 3, like the, <laughs> sp- sp- uh, Splatoon 3 Souls or whatever, you know, the kind of like, how they're doing that tower that you go back to the roguelike of sorts. Like maybe that's something, but it doesn't have the same like Nintendo history intertwined. Like I don't know, it, it definitely feels like this ending of Mario Kart and like those credits rolling and that thank you image they showed, which actually I not gonna lie, I got a little emotional. When I saw I was like, wow, this is quite the run it had. But that wasn't just the closing of like a chapter. That was like I feel like them starting to close the book on the Switch. Because there is nothing frankly, with long-term prospects of like, oh, we got all this stuff to get you excited for. It's just like, here's a Princess Peach game. Here's a Luigi game. Here's Paper Mario. Here's, um, you know, kind of not flash in the pants, but like one and dones. Here's Platoon 3 DLC that we already told you about. Like it, it, everything, especially with Pokemon's DLC now winding down at the same time. Like this was, it felt very like, okay, the Switch is entering the Twilight Real years for real now. Like, this is it. They're done supporting the Evergreens. They're moving their attention to the next thing. They'll pump out a few more games. But yeah, this really felt like the end of a book more than a chapter to me of kind of the Switch story, which was odd given yeah. it's been so And cute. yet overall, my overall vibe with the Switch is that it doesn't feel that old. It doesn't. Yeah. Sometimes, is it because we're Sometimes old? I have moments of like, wow, it's old. But at the same time, it's like... Like, it feels like it wasn't that long. And it's not like you got the OLED refresh, the, the, right? I so you can't even, like, say that. Yeah. You can't even say that. No, but I, I get what he means. Because, yeah, it feels like... I think it's a symptom of us getting older. But I remember how big of a deal it was when there was a new 3D Mario. You know, Mario Sunshine. I was so hyped because it was like, I don't remember the last time there was a new 3D Mario. It's been, like, half my life since we got one. And Galaxy was kind of a similar way. Uh, but now we're at the point where we've been through these cycles four times over, five times over. We've had how many Mario Karts come out? Just, you know, since the podcast, we've had, if you count tour, I think four different Mario Karts. So, well, three. Damn, four, right, if, you count, seven. if you count deluxe, four. If you count it as part of eight, three. But still, we had seven, we had tour, we had eight, we had eight deluxe, we had all the DLC. Like, that was over 10 years, but because we've kind of gotten older and time goes faster and we've been through this before to some extent like i feel like it kind of blurs a little like it's not quite as big of a milestone for something like a new mario kart for something like a new 3d mario a zelda honestly yes the gap from breath of the wild tears of the kingdom was huge but how many zelda launches have we been through that we can remember you know at least yeah close to double the breath of the wild felt like whenever i feel like we get like franchise cleanup or franchise revamps mm-hmm. like i would consider mario wonder like a franchise revamp yeah no, like that agree. felt like a big milestone and even i guess breath of the wild direction definitely felt like yeah a no big for change sure, for but... sure and there's freshness within that like breath of the wild did feel like a reset i remember Platoon when... is the only one that kind of didn't except briefly with the dlc for part two yeah and salmon run yeah but then that kind of dwindled fast and yeah, and yeah, I, I guess I mean, my point I, was more the reason I think Mario Kart doesn't feel a decade old and the Switch doesn't feel old is we've been through this song and dance. We've gone through console refreshes. We've gone through, you know, new games being just a replacement for the last one we just played. Like, it, I'm not saying it's old hat and I'm not saying it's not exciting, but, like, the milestones of your, like, when you're a kid and you're like, oh, my God, the new Mario, I was not even alive when the last one came out. Or I don't even remember it. Or it was, you know, it was half my life ago. Like, the last new Mario for us. Even if you count uh, the 2Ds only, 
was Mario Wii U and then Mario Wii U Deluxe, both of which were like a decade ago. But that's only a third of our life, less than a third of our life at that point versus being over half your life ago. So it starts to feel less, you know what I mean? Like that's why I think time feels so quick. Yeah. Yeah, but also so long. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think the the DLC was really – it was interesting how for the last pack they did here, they just kind of threw in everything. They're just like, ah, oh, crap, we ran out of time. We just got to do everything. So we got like five playable characters, like a bunch of me suits from Tor. We got, you know, the usual eight tracks. We really just kind of tossed it all in. Like, all right, here, just, just take everything. It's fine. Um, I mean, there's some tracks they never give us. They're probably saving them for nine or whatever, wherever nine becomes. But I, I thought, Lee, of the two tracks, the second cup, Acorn, was it? I think there was Acorn was the, the very last cup with Rainbow Road Wii, I want to say. It wasn't Blue oh, no, Show? No, no, no. That was Spiny. Acorn was Rome and Donkey Kong Mountain. Sure Spiny Show. Yeah, Spiny was Madrid, Rosalina's Ice World, Bowser's Castle 3, which was basically a new track. Like, they put so much verticality on that. And uh, Rainbow Road. And then Acorn Cup was Rome, DK Mountain, Daisy Crew, uh, Circuit, and Piranha Plant Cove. I wasn't that impressed with Acorns, uh, Acorn Cup, but I really like Spiny Cup a lot. I actually really like the Madrid track. I thought that the the they had fun with that one. Yeah, there is. I will say a certain level of sameness that I kind of feel from all the city tracks. Yes, but the Madrid one does do a good job of making it stand out a little more. I I do think it was interesting because this is the, like the DLC did one thing different for Mario Kart, which you know we talked about. I feel like on the old podcast as this DLC first came out, but um, they did that thing where every course they change up the layout. And it's not like what DK Mountain or or not DK Mountain. Sorry, it's not like what Mount, Mount Wario does or anything like that, where it's like you're just continuing a single linear path. Like they literally are like you turn left before, now you turn right. Or you go, you went straight before. Now that's a wall. You need to go right. And that was like the, I don't know what to call it, the big new thing in this DLC, I guess. And I'm kind of curious, because you made the point that it felt kind of same samey. So I'm kind of curious, after having now had them run their course of the experiment, you know, start with kind of basic versions of that, kind of get more elaborate with stuff like Madrid, where do you stand on that? Do you like the idea of every course being the same but different, or every lap being the same but different? Do you wish they kind of stuck to more of a Mount Wario move or kept it just the same three laps? Like, I, I I have thoughts, but I'm curious if I'm alone on this. Where do you stand on it? Personally, I much prefer a Wario, yeah. Mount Wario same. take on it. Same. Um, simply because, you know, it just feels more dynamic and exciting. Mm-hmm. Like, this feels like um, it's less about the race and more about, look at how many monuments we stuck here. Because it... Cause, cause, I mean, yeah. I ultimately a lot of those like city, city tour. I mean, city courses and a couple others feel uninspired track design wise compared to like your regular Mario courses. You could tell that they were like getting their feet wet with some of them back in Mario Kart Tour before they brought them to. We uh, brought them to eight. They definitely kept getting better and better. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Like if you compare like New York City with Madrid or even with like a city that doesn't have landmarks like in the same way like Vancouver. I thought the Vancouver track, even though I didn't recognize anything, was a lot cooler than the New York track. Because the Vancouver one like had to go through like the soccer stadium and that sort of thing. Or sorry, not soccer. Um, the ice rink, the ice hockey rink with the shy guys. Um, which they repeated that motif with the soccer stadium in Madrid. But, uh, yeah, you could tell, like, they were very, like, oh, we were just going to do a basic city tour, and now it's like, oh, we're going to, like, throw you in an art gallery, and now throw you in an ice rink, and now throw you over here, and or in an oil field for L.A., which was kind of funny. Um, 
Yeah, but I, I think I'm with you. I think it's it, it the thing that struck me is it did something that I feel like Mario Kart doesn't normally require of you, which is you actually kind of need to really know the track before you start playing. Like it's really hard if you just pick up and play a Mario Kart Tour track to know what you're doing. <laughs> like like it's not like it's in, impossible, but compared to like a normal three lap course where you kind of learn the course on the first lap and repeat it on second or a Mount Wario or something where it's just one line and there's no possible way for confusion. Like this one, like the fact that like you turn left, now you turn right and you can still drive through the barricade that makes you turn left yeah. and you're like, oh, out of bounds. Like that just isn't as conducive for a party game like Mario Kart can often be, you know? Yeah, and I'll say that the... The visibility of the large arrows that tell you what direction to turn, even though they're huge and blaring at you, they're somehow still it's not visible. Easy to just miss them. Yeah, I ran into like, that all the I've time. Them, I've missed them so many times, and especially in this last playthrough, I still managed to stay in first place, even though like I got lackitude so many times. But yeah, like they're really hard to learn on the fly. Yeah, and it's just like if you're like a casual player, good luck. I mean, like I now know my way around some of the tracks very well because like the LA one, I know basically by heart like I would any Mario Kart track. But I had to play it a few times. Like that's not really true to the spirit of Mario Kart, I feel like. It's supposed to be very like pick up and play and you're on even footing. Maybe you don't know all the secrets and that's what you can learn, but to know the basic turns is a little, you know, it's asking a lot, I guess. They were still fun. It just didn't, I wouldn't mind if in Mario Kart 9 they leave that behind, is what I'm saying. Is like, there going to be I, a Mario Kart 9? I think it's or Nintendo, is Kart. Nintendo Kart 1. Yeah, Nintendo I Kart don't, 1. You know, that's a good question. It's, it's, I don't, I think they were moving that way for sure. I mean, obviously F-Zero was integrated from the start, and then they did the DLC on Wii U, which added, you know, Animal Crossing and Zelda, and then when it came to Switch, they threw in Splatoon. Like, they were making those moves. I mean, we got Excite Bike Track. We, we have got... Excite Bike Track. Like, they're making... Yeah, but then what's interesting is all... And then they... Oh, and they did the Smash Amiibo costumes, too. Right? Like, all the Smash Amiibo you could scan and get... Like, you could be Kirby. A Kirby me or whatever. But I feel like when they started doing the new DLC, they kind of backed away from that. And I don't know if that's because Mario Kart Tour never had it and they didn't want to commit more resources to make this stuff. But, like, we kind of went, like, back into Mario plus Real World for Tour. So I don't know if they're like, let's keep going the Nintendo direction or, or not. But what I would love to see them do, and what I think they should do, is whatever Mario Kart 9 is, whether it's Nintendo Kart or not, like, make it that. Like, do – I think that the thing that's – I'm trying to figure out how we're just – the thing that's crazy about Mario Kart is the longevity this game has had. Like, Mario Kart always did well for Nintendo, right? But, like, I saw a stat the other day from the latest MPD numbers, and it was on the top 10 chart in the U.S. for 78 months in a row. That's insane. You They basically, like, if you own a Switch, you own Mario Kart. Like, there's not a situation where you don't, obviously there is, but there's not, like, it's not common that you buy a Switch and you don't buy Mario Kart. Like, this is, they are paired. It is a system seller. I would be very interested to see if Nintendo expands the idea of how, like, the DLC they just did with the Booster Corp Course Pass is kind of like a pillar of Switch Online and, yeah. like, a pillar of... Easily one of the best values in gaming. I mean, yeah. the yeah. base game already coming with the other DLC was already, like, yeah. an excellent value. I would have been perfectly content if we had never gotten DLC 
but we did get DLC, which is awesome. And yeah, and I mean, yeah. basically, even if you bought the new DLC, like the booster course pass, you're paying 50 cents a track, which is insane. Like, that's such a value. But it, what, what I was starting to get at is they made the booster course pass and that DLC basically a pillar of Switch Online. So in the same way, they would be like, hey, here's some new Game Boy games you could play on Switch Online, or here's whatever other new thing. It's time for your bi-monthly Mario Kart track. So, you know, because you're a subscriber, you can play these eight new tracks starting right now for free with your subscription. Yeah. If they expand <laughs> that. subscription of Mario Kart tracks. What was that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was basically a subscription. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Yeah. And if they expand, my thought is, so you'd have a console whose main, like, system seller uh, seems to be Mario Kart. Like, it sold nearly 60 million copies around the world. That's nuts. Uh, it, like, eclipses all the other games by at least 15 or 20 million. Uh, and you have done and shown success with making a service of sorts out of the tracks it would be kind of cool if the switch 2 one of its things was like you get mario kart and throughout the switch 2's life or whatever they call it they just keep giving you content on some sort of regular basis i'm not saying go full game of service don't do like you know battle passes or anything like that although some new battle mode stuff might be nice but like if they kind of did what they did with the tracks for switch online with the booster course pass and kind of applied that to just the switch Two in general. And maybe they still require a switch online subscription for this. I don't know. But then they like marry it with like what they do with Tetris and the 99 and the Maximus cup where they kind of like put out, like even today, Nintendo announced two first time they've done this two Maximus cups coming in the next two weeks, one to promote WarioWare, uh, move it and one to promote Super Mario wonder. Take that formula, combine it with the track pass idea there's your Nintendo cart. You have a core Mario Kart game, but then every six months to a year or three months to six months or whatever they decide, I don't know, you give some new track or some new character or some new something that ties into some other major flagship thing on the Switch 2. A Samus thing, a Samus cart for Metroid Prime 4, you know, a uh, new Splatoon track modeled after one of the new battle uh, maps in Splatoon 4. Or whatever that's called at that point. Like, it just seems like they, they have all the ducks in a row to do this. And that could be a way that they still keep it Mario Kart, but then they can enhance it into a Nintendo Kart by tying it in as a promotional tool or something. Like, I'd love for them to do that. Basically, Maximus Cups for Mario Kart. From now to forever. But that makes me wonder, does Splatoon have it in it in itself to make it to four? I think, it, Splatoon 4. I think it does. I think in the U.S., Splatoon 3 kind of fizzled. But in Japan, the franchise is still... I'm not saying fizzled like it did bad. It did fine, but, like, it didn't, like... It's not an evergreen in the way some other games are. Uh, but in Japan, it's, like, one of their top IPs right now. It and Pikmin are both huge in Japan at the moment. So they could easily do a Splatoon 4. Hmm. But, or even a Pikmin, you know, Captain Olimar's space... Like, you're 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 driving a cart modeled after the Dolphin to promote Pikmin 5. And, you know, there's a new track where, like... And they could theme it like they did with Zelda and Animal Crossing where instead of like an item box is like the rupee or instead of coins, I mean, is like the rupees in Zelda. Like you could have like, you know, you're plucking Pikmin on the track to get instead of coins. Like there, there's ways they could have fun with this and still have it be Mario Kart and then expand it into more like Nintendo tie-ins or something. And that could be the new hook is it's like this game that lives and grows with your Switch 2 yeah. experience or It'd something. It'd be cool if you could sometimes even get like new weapons introduced based from... Yeah, games. yeah. Because, I mean, so it just... never really get new weapons outside of the whatever they just picked it for, from the beginning. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Like, I think it... Because, I, I mean, honestly, even, like, the... I don't know what the hook would be otherwise. I mean, granted, there's plenty of room. They could do new battle mode options. They could do... But I don't know what, like, the core... You know what I mean? Like, 
I don't think it's the issue of like Smash Ultimate where it's like, well, they went too far. Now they need to reel it back for the next one. I mean, like anti-grav wasn't even that big of a thing. It's just like, oh, you're driving upside no. down, but it feels the same. I guess you crash into people more. Okay. It just allowed for cooler looking courses. Yeah. And like a little bit of like, you kind of want to bonk people and do the spin thing sometimes. Like a little, little hint of F-Zero in there, I guess. But I feel like this idea, if they were to do it, of like Mario Kart will grow and expand and be like your companion through your Switch 2 life. <laughs> and always have something new for you on your and be kind of like a core pillar of what the Switch 2 experience is. Given that like half of over half of all Switch owners bought Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, like that seems like an easy kind of new spin on Mario Kart without actually going all that different from what they currently do. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for crossovers and I'm a sucker for the Maximus Cup for touch. Like, I was very excited when Nintendo tweeted out two Maximus Cups in one night. I was like, oh man, this is. Clearly, that's working for them. So, yeah, just expand that. That That's where I think it could go. And then it could still be Mario Kart, but also be Nintendo Kart at the same time. So. A dream. Yeah. We'll see if they do anything like that. Watch. You're just going to do Mario Kart 9. It's going to be like, oh, now you uh, – what well, if there's no track and you're just floating through space or like some random thing like that? But I think it'd be cool if they did something a little more modern gaming thinking. Like, take advantage of the fact that you can have a roadmap for a game for years and sort of play with that. All I know is, is that if they do not let me, you know, sign into my account on this new console and they will. download all they will. my games, then I will not get a day one. Oh, actually, I don't have to go let so, you download all your games, but they did confirm in their last financials that um, their plan is that the Nintendo account is what carries you forward from console to console in the future, which... I guess the like in the in, future. No, no, no. Like wait, starting, so, like wait, the, explain going, that again. Like if it's going to be backwards compatible. Like with they the haven't said that. Like, All they've be. said is your Nintendo account is a key component. The thing they care about most is getting people make Nintendo accounts because they see Nintendo accounts as the way to get you to be like locked into the ecosystem. And they've made all these comments that are just shy of saying, so you log into the same Nintendo account, all your games redownload. But that seems to be what they're kind of, if you read between the lines, implying. But of course. It's Nintendo, so who knows? But uh, they definitely seem aware that if you have a Nintendo account, you need to have your everything that comes with it, you know, be consistent going forward. Yeah, and I'm saying this as weird, as weirdly vague as their CEO was, as uh, 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 oh god, what's the narrative current CEO? I'm drawing a blank. Wow. This, I know we haven't done normal around Nintendo in years. I can't remember the CEO's name. But I'm, I'm being as kind of wishy-washy as he is because I honestly don't know. But, like, he's implying it without saying it. So. Mm. Uh, Furukawa. I should have trusted my gut. I knew it was Centauro Furukawa. But anyway. Yeah. He was kind of – it's in the Q&A, I believe, or in the slide deck or something from their financials last month. Well. That's a little big piece on Nintendo. What about you, Kevin? What is this lethal league? <laughs> lethal company. Lethal. Not transition. Lethal company. Disaction. Lethal company is the latest and greatest uh, hot craze game that has taken uh, at least Twitch and uh, live streaming by storm, I feel like. Um, but I have been playing it a lot with, uh, with your brother Elvis and uh, a couple of our friends. And it's uh it's it's really really fun. So, uh, it's I believe it's a game that's been developed only by one person. It's it's absolutely an indie game. Um, it's first person. It's first person. I was gonna say it's a shooter, but it's definitely not a shooter. Um, it's first person with this very uh sort of lo-fi 
very, very like low rendered look, almost like Return of the Oberdin. If uh, you guys remember what that game looks like, I thought um, that had such a cool, like the kind of Game Boy come to life. Kind of, kind of, yeah. Right. It, it's definitely not not as crude oh, as that, that game, uh, but it's very, okay. it's very, very, very low, low poly. Um, gotcha. And essentially, what it is, it's it's uh, you and up to three other people, or uh, eight if you mod the game as we did, um, are essentially workers. Uh, who are going to different to various planets and going into factories that are on those planets and picking up scrap and taking it to uh and taking it back to your ship so that you could then sell it uh and essentially meet your quota. You guys are essentially enslaved to this company. Uh and if you don't meet your quota by 4 days, uh the company will very very quickly terminate you uh by ending your life. So oh that escalates quickly. Yeah. Um so it it seems very it seems fine at first like you're going into the into this like factory and it's dark and you know you can take you can take some items along with you the very basic ones are are like a uh, are a flashlight and a walkie-talkie because this game uh primarily uses um God what's that feature I'm blanking on it. It's not priority chat. It's push to talk. It's not push to ta- talk. It's like pro- proximity? proximity chat. Proximity chat. It, it essentially uses proximity chat uh, because this is definitely not a game that you want to use Discord for. Um, although you can. I mean, no one's going to stop you. Uh, but it pretty much uses proximity chat, and that's why that's where the walkie talkies come into play. Uh, that way, you guys are able to communicate because one person can actually stay inside the ship when you guys land, and. Uh, you have a map of the area, and so you could guide them to, uh, like, scraps. And it's not just scraps. Like, you'll find, like, metal sheets that'll, oh, this costs, like, 12 bucks. Let me take it back. And the quota is, like, $130. But there's also, like, little items that you'll find. So you'll find a Rubik's Cube that, for whatever reason, is 50 bucks. I'm like, all right, cool. Let me take this Rubik's Cube back. Um, where the challenge of the game lies is uh, it's basically a horror game because these factories are filled with monsters. And not only that. This game also uses a day and night cycle. Uh, and I say that very loosely because a minute of real time will pass like 10 minutes in the game. And pretty much by 6 p.m., uh, monsters start uh, spawning uh, by the ship and right outside the factory. And, oh boy, it gets really, really hectic. Um, and it gets really scary sometimes, too, like... You'll just be walking down a dark hallway that you have a flash with and you'll be walking down a hallway with flashlight and you'll just hear some something like thump or you're, you'll hear a growl and immediately you're running back to the entrance of the factory because you do not want to get killed uh, because getting killed does incur some uh, penalties like you'll lose a little bit of money here and there and not only that but if all four of your crewmates are if all of your crewmates, because like I said, you can mod this up to eight players. If everyone dies, you lose all of your profits. You lose all of your items. And that pretty much means like, oh, we're, we're not going to meet the quota. Um, the game is really fun. Obviously, you you this is a must play with multiple people. Uh, I don't know if even two people can can like play this game successfully. I don't think the uh, the item scale 
to how many players or like the cost of items scale to uh to the amount of people that you play. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, replayability because the the warehouses, these factories, uh, they're pretty much uh, randomly generated or procedurally generated. Uh, that way, like each factory that you're going to isn't the same. The moons or the planets that you guys are landing on are pretty much always the same geography. Uh, but it'll be like sometimes there will be some some weather, so it'll be raining. Or sometimes it'll be foggy, so it's going to be very difficult for you to see what is out there or how to even get to the factory or back to your ship. Um, and like, I, I forgot there's a, there's a moon that we got that once you land, the factory is, is like 30 is a 30 second walk, but it was so foggy that we cannot navigate there. And then there was this, uh, other planet where we know our geography really well, but it was a stormy day. And I had a metal sheet on, and because there's thunder and lightning, uh, I would have to keep dropping the sheet and picking it back up because it was starting to con- conduct electricity the same way that it does in uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, where like you sl- it slowly starts to spark up, and you're like, oh, I should probably get rid of this metal piece because I'm about to get struck by lightning. Um, there, I have I have some really funny clips that I'm that I'm actually gonna share with you guys at at the end of this because uh, it's a pretty funny horror game. Um, it, it's it's super fun. It's very low key. I wonder if it's on Mac. Uh, Angel, you should I'd be definitely. Down if it is. Angel, you should definitely play with us. And if it's on Mac, Jason, oh, I want to. If, if it's on Mac, even even better because, like I or said, if they with the with, with the little modding, are you gonna play after the podcast? Or if they have the resources to you know port it to Switch. Uh, I mean, yeah, th- theoretically, this <laughs> would be able to to run on Switch. Like, it's not. It's the game is smaller than a megabyte, I think. Oh, but is it like server side most of it, or? I mean, it's an online it game. That... Yeah, so that might be why it's so small. Uh, it's only on PC at the moment because it's in early it's only access. PC. It looks like okay. Uh, I mean, it's so early access on Steam. Doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that it can't be on on uh right right yeah or Jason just get a Steam Deck. They just announced the Steam Deck OLED. You know it. Yeah, I, I I could have gotten a translucent uh, super special edition one. Even if you don't sense. get it, even if you don't get get it, you could just buy a shell and replace it that way. Jason, you should absolutely oh. get a Steam Deck. May maybe. <laughs> Jason, if we got I, you a Steam Deck for Christmas, would you use it to play Lethal Company with you? Yeah, or like, beyond, like, that? Yeah, beyond Pro- that, yeah, probably. Probably okay. I need. To, I would need to. I mean, I have a whole stack recommendation. Just one, so he could talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. No, 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 no. Hey, I still occasionally go back to the playdate. There's this great little game called Root Bear where you crank the crank and you serve bears root beer. So I could go back to Steam Deck too. Is my point. Well, I know but, that Lethal um, Company. You can find a jar of pickles that are worth like a hundred dollars. Um, sold. So buy me maybe a Steam Deck. Done. <laughs> um. Um, you, you know, you know what's funny though is it has it obviously it's not at all the same game. But when you're like, oh, it's an indie game about like this ruthless corporation, I just got a flashback to. Do you guys remember Two um, D Boy and like World of Goo and Human Resource Machine and Little Inferno? It's from like the WiiWare and like early Wii yep. U mm-hmm. eShop. Yeah, that I I realize they're separate games. They're just this like, and I know. Evil Corporation isn't like that unique of a motif or a theme, but it just for some reason flashed me back to that. I decided to throw that out there. Shout out to those guys and those games. Sorry, I just 
don't know why I went on that tangent. But yes, um, sorry, you're saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, Lethal Company. Super, super fun. Angel, you should definitely join us uh, for a Lethal Company run. Uh, we got to the point where... So essentially, the the moons or the planets... I, I'm pretty sure they're just moons. The moons... Uh, there are some moons that actually cost money to go to because the loot there is so much better than it is other places. Um, so originally when we started playing, uh, we would essentially just just grab a couple of things and then go back to the ship. We're like, okay, we've met 50% of our quota. Let's just leave. No, now we try to maximize everything because there are some because of those moons that actually cost money to go to. Uh that way we maximize our profits even better. It's like we've gotten to the point where like oh, we've gotten really good at like communicating and stuff like that. Um but yeah, it's it's still a frightening game like the, some of those monsters in, in those factories they are they are terrifying. I remember you know that 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 sort of tropey enemy in video games where where they're they're sort of like mannequins where they'll stare at you and as soon as you look away they get closer to you booze from mario uh, basically like an- like yeah the, essentially like the angels from doctor who yeah exactly sure we'll go with that um we went with the two examples that were not probably what you were thinking <laughs> i i mean i mean it's it's you know it's a common trope you as soon as you turn yeah. away from something it starts it starts like running towards you right um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's an enemy like that where i think they're called spring heads and one of my buddies was was telling me all right kevin look away when I tell you to, and then I'll have it follow me. I'm like, all right, cool. And so eventually he gets the spring head out of my way. And I'm looking at my buddy, Thomas, like, okay, he got him. And out of nowhere, a spring head behind me had actually spawned. And just, I just heard like scurrying for a split second. And then I died. And it was absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Oh, man. It was, I was so mad that I wasn't recording uh, during that run. Uh, because this game produces a lot of uh, great clips and a lot of great moments with friends. Uh, so yeah, if you have a PC, it, like I said, it's, it's this is not a graphically intensive game. I'm pretty sure a potato can run it. Like you'll be good with a uh, with a couple of friends. Try my work PC, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure they'd love if I install Steam on my work PC. Would they know? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Every now and then, I, I I think like. Damn, should I install Snap on my on my work laptop? I'm just, I, <laughs> but then you never maybe. get work done. Let's be honest. If yeah, you did that's, that. good, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's a lethal company. Damn. Well, looks pretty fun. I definitely want to join you guys sometime. Are you gonna play today? Maybe. Uh, I'm. Let me see if I can scrounge up some some goons to play tonight. But while we get that figured out. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, Game Awards. That's still a thing? Andrew, we have tickets. It's it's a thing. You bought a, wow. you bought tickets to go to said thing, and you're acting like you don't know it. Uh, but it's the 10th anniversary this year. Game for first time I hear about it. But, yeah, it's happening again this year. Um, December, as always? December. I was again, not ready for this have, part It's the literally show. a week from Thursday. Oh, damn. So it's December. Well, December 7th, the 10th. I need to turn into my, the Jeff Keeley like announcer hype guy. It is the tenth anniversary of the Game Awards live from the Peacock Theater at LA Live, formerly the Microsoft Theater, formerly the Nokia Theater, in Los Angeles, California, featuring the biggest games and reveals of the year. And for the first time, they will not say world premiere before every world premiere. They are dropping that part to save those precious seconds, which probably add up to about twenty minutes, honestly. 
Um, but yes, they came out with the nominees a couple of weeks ago. That and we have always – yeah, I, I don't have a list handy either. But we tend to make predictions. We tend to do like a pool among ourselves that has no outcome if we're right or wrong. We just do it. Okay, so I'm opening we up uh, iCloud Numbers. Uh, I've never used this before. I'm usually an Excel or Google Sheets person. I have not used it either. Uh, do you want me to pull up the nominee list? Uh, I've, I've, or, already or kept a, I've already got Okay, good, because, Kevin, you usually do this. You usually MC this part, so – Okay. Yes. Um, take it away. How would I? I'm out. Well, Th- he we, does that. We typically, we typically did what you want to win and what you, th- what yes. will win and what you th- think will win. Yes. Because I feel like, for better or worse, and it's not a knock, it's just how big award shows are, this is in some way a bit of a popularity contest, right? Like, it's not like some little tiny games going to necessarily sweep. Usually, you can kind of safely bet what's going to take home stuff. There's surprises. But there's never anything out of total left field. So, yeah, we do what we want and then what we think because of that. Um, okay, the bigger so question I've is what are they going to do for the 10th anniversary? Are there going to be any interesting announcements? Will Nintendo announce anything? They, Nintendo is the most nominated – without spoiling any nominees. The most nominated company this year is Nintendo. And uh, two of Miyamoto's babies are in the running. So I wonder 10th anniversary – Miyamoto did the Zelda reveal the first. So got to trot out. I doubt they're going to do the console. Okay, there we go. But I wonder if they're going to trot out Miyamoto for anything, really. I mean, the move, the Mario movies involved this year as a nominee for Best Adaptation. Like, there's a lot of, like, Nintendo stuff. So I wonder if he's going to – stuff he's very directly involved with. So I wonder if uh, we might get Miyamoto sighting or a Miyamoto announcement or a Miyamoto tease. Or okay. You know, <laughs> imagine the world premiere as he announces his retirement. All right, let's uh, let's go through. Oh, we're only going to do the categories that I think are relevant to us because yeah, yeah. Sure. I don't think best uh, esports. You guys would choose a best esports athlete. I wouldn't even. I couldn't tell you any of their names. Oh, I'd probably go with Faker. Makes sense. All he's right, a, there you he's, go. A, he's a League of Legends. Uh, Faker will take it. Anyways, uh, let, I guess we can start with most anticipated game. The nominees are Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Hades Two, uh, Like a Dragon. Uh, Infinite Wealth, Star Wars Outlaws, and Tekken 8. First time in like five years that Tears of the Kingdom is not on there for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, most anticipated? Uh, I, I would like it to be Tekken 8, but it's definitely not going to be Tekken 8. Um, what was the first one? Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That's going to get it. That one. Yeah. That will win it? That's going to get it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I have uh, no. That's gonna uh, get it. So, so that's what your your will 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 win. Your will. I. That'll be. I have will. no. Yep. That's where I put my will. I will also put my will on that, even though I want Hades two to win. Yeah, I I was gonna say the only one that even has a Nintendo platform connection is Hades two. So I kind of want to lean that way. Just yeah, go go Nintendo platforms. But yeah, Final Fantasy has it in the bag. I think. So your want is Hades two then. Just it, it'd be cool if indie got that big that they had that moment. Okay, and it's on Nintendo platform, so you know. Just say yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, this one. This one's interesting. <laughs> oh, that was the longest. Yes. It's it's, a, it's called a political answer. <laughs> this this, very, one, very this one's gonna be interesting. Uh, best adaptation. Mm. So we have Castlevania, Nocturne, Gran Turismo, the movie, The Last of Us TV show, 
the Super Mario Bros. movie, and Twisted Metal. The show on Peacock. Oh, the show on Peacock, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Just side throw that in there for some Thank reason. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, uh, you guys are Mario Mario, right? One. I, yes. Once I love the Mario yeah, movie. As you guys know, I won't shut up about the Mario movie. I continue to rave about the Mario yeah. movie. I'm going to put it on my once and will on Mario movie. Okay. The one oh. that will win is Last of Us. Oh, so you, so you think Last of Us will win? I want Mario I feel like it's going to be Last of Us because that's some quality prestige TV. You're right. I forgot there was a potential show on that list. And honestly, it's a very good show. They did a very good job. They, I, I don't it's know much all about It's right. Okay. I, I liked it. No, it's cool. It's cool. No, I know. I, I know. know. But cool. I want Mario. I, I if this was If Last of Us was not on that list, Mario would have it in the bag. Because Last of Us is on this that list, it's one of the most nominated shows for the Emmys, We watched The Last too. of Us five times. What? I didn't rewatch the last. Neither did I. But as an adaptation, I mean, Last of Us is very good at what it did. The Mario movie is great as a Mario movie, and I want it to win. But realistically, just knowing people brains, I think it's going to go Last of Us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go throw people brains. (laughs) I'm going to throw a curveball into this one, and for my want, I'm actually going to put Twisted Metal because that show was really, really fun. I had a feeling you might. Was, I remember was, you talking was, about it, uh, that show came out of nowhere, ago. and it was really, really fun. Um, okay, next we have best multiplayer: uh, Baldur's Gate three, Diablo four, Party Animals, Street Fighter six, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. I will just put in Jason's answers here because I wonder <laughs> oh, well, what you he's going to say. You're obviously thinking I'm going to say Di- uh, Diablo four, right? Not Mario. Oh, yeah, I was going to put Mario. you down for for Party Animals, but. Uh, I honestly, that game feels like it should be on Switch. I understand it's not because Microsoft published it or co-published it, or whatever. It's it's bankrolled by Microsoft, but it it feels very Switch ready. But yes, Mario Wonder for me. Angel. Yeah, Mario Wonder. Uh, as Wanton will. Yeah. I I will say real quick. I know we kind of moved away from it. Um, if you went back oh, wait, five years uh, and said how stacked that best adaptation category would be, like just wait till movies and games are like this quality, like no one would believe you five or ten years ago. It's crazy how far game adaptations have come compared to like the U Bowl days and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Anyway, wait, was so. Sonic 2 this year? No. Sonic 2. Yeah, that was last year, huh? What do you mean Sonic, Sonic 2? 2. Frontiers? Sonic oh, the movie. Two? The movie. Oh, the movie it was, it was last, year. last year. I thought you meant the game, and like uh, that was nineteen ninety something. <laughs> no, the movie, the movie, the movie. Yeah, yeah, that was last year, and it was nominated last year, I believe. Uh, I'm gonna put Baldur's Gate for uh, both of these. I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I want, and I think it will, just because it has the cachet. Mario Wonder might not. It's not in the traditional sense the best multiplayer game. I, I said last episode. I think it does a lot of cool like asynchronous multiplayer stuff with like leaving hints for one another, and obviously you could co-op play through the whole thing, and that's cool. But like, I feel like if you had like a raid party and like your Diablo game or your Baldur's Gate, like that, that could I could see that taking it as much as I think Mario might still win. I, I, I I'm not all. I'm not Baldur's Gate all three is is really really fun uh, with with multiple people. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, and it was such like a surprise hit and like, yeah. blew up so quickly, and so many people were so blown away by it that I feel like like I'm putting like all but one egg in the Mario basket, and I'm taking one egg over to Baldur's Gate. Well, you have three eggs to stock. choose from in this next category: uh, okay. best sim strategy, which we never do this one, but 
This there's one's a, Nintendo's new. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we have Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp, City Skylines 2, Company Heroes 3, Fire Emblem Engage, and Pikmin 4. Angel, mm. would you like to go first? Give both the minds to Advanced Wars. What? Not pick. Oh, you didn't play Pikmin. Well, you didn't play either of those. <laughs> I was going to say... You yeah, him. but Pikmin doesn't deserve it because it's not co-op, so it can just forget about myself. I am also, uh, I'm also going the basket with that uh, can... Advanced Wars for my wants and will. I'm going with Pikmin 4. For both? Um, wow. I will say, this. Th- usually the best family character for is one both? that just the commandeers. Yes. Thank you. Usually... Yeah, as I was gonna say, usually the best wow. family category is the one that Nintendo commandeers. But yeah, this year they're in a different. They they took over a different one. But the thing about Advance Wars, it, it is a good remake, remaster, whatever you want to call it. But it's basically the game from before. Pikmin Four is from the ground up, entirely new, and it's hailed as the best one in the series. I I it has a lot of personality. I don't know. I think I think Pikmin's gonna take it. Okay, honestly, and I think uh, it should. Okay, uh, best family. Disney, Illusion Island, Party Animals, Pikmin 4, Sonic Superstars, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Oh. That's an interesting one. I can't... Mm. Wonder... I think I'm going to give the... It's, Wonder's going to win. Or I yeah, my, I think win Wonder's win. is getting my win. But... But for want... Just say it. You know you want mm. Superstars. What was the one you said before that? Pikmin 4. Before that? Uh, party Animals. And before that? <laughs> Disney Illusion Islands. <laughs> you want me to just give you the entire... <laughs> Let's go with Illusion Island. Now, they shut it's... up. You do not want Illusion Island to win. Yeah, Disney. He oh, likes Donald Duck Donald. and he's playable in it. Yeah. This is not Disney Fortuna or, or whatever that card game is that, you, that you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is better. This is basically Animal Crossing, right? No, I actually don't know. Island of Illusion is uh, basically Disney Rayman Legends. So oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a co-op side scroller, Switch exclusive. <laughs> Donald is a playable character. You're thinking of um, Disney uh, something Valley? That's not Stardew. <laughs> no, yeah, Dream I, Valley, Dreamlike, sure. Dream Valley. Yeah. So Disney Illusion Island. <laughs> <laughs> the All game right. he thinks is Animal Crossing, but it's actually Rayman. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it does sound really cool, Jason. You know, Mario, Wonder, I, Wonder. I don't understand. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna really I'll, I'll keep say, it there. I don't understand. I, I, I agree with. I agree. I agree with my choice. <laughs> You're keeping it on Disney. As I say, I don't understand what Best Family even is in concept. It should be something you play with the family, which should automatically take Pikmin Four out. Because it doesn't really have. A you can absolutely play Pikmin Four with out. the family. That doesn't necessarily I mean, mean you that can. they have to play. That they're playing. I know, but it just feels like here, it feels here, like here's, here's, here's what it's here's what it says. For the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. There you go. But again, you're not really playing as a family, you're watching someone play. Appropriate so, for Mario family Wonder, play. Family play doesn't necessarily mean that the entire pam- family is playing a game. I guess. If anything, those commercials in town runs where they show, like, Keenan. Yeah, it makes it sound like they're trying to make it an event. Like, oh, we're going to progress on this game today, and then we all experience it together. Yes. All right. Fine. Well, I still think Mario Wonder, yeah, is going to. I think Mario Wonder has that in the back. But I could also see them throwing a bone to a different game because Mario Wonder is going to win. Well, you just choose a game, man. (laughs) I'll go with Mario Wonder for both. Thank you. Watch Disney get it, and Angel be like, ha, I knew the Animal Crossing game that wasn't Animal Crossing at all, actually, would win. 
All right, this is a uh, this is going to be more for Angel. Best fighting game. We have God of Rock, which I've never heard of. Uh, Mortal Kombat One, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl Two, Pocket Bravery, and Street Fighter Six. I think Street Fighter Six is going to win it. Okay. It did a pretty good job of evolving the series from Five, which a lot of people felt kind of you know when the couple steps backwards but man a lot of other good stuff there except yeah that first one i never heard of them like mortal kombat one story was still really cool entertaining and what was the one after <laughs> what was the other one? uh nick all-star <laughs> brawl 2 ah okay no yeah, chance the other one. No and chance. pocket bravery yeah, that... yeah that one um that's the one I would want to win, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, because all the changes they made to improve this game is, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's very, you could tell they really listened to fan feedback and just like redid all the animations. It's actually like they hired like a professional, you know, proper fighting game animator, because you could see that like it's night and day, just see how the punches are thrown, how the characters look when they jump, or even just like. When they're look, when they're standing still, it's in neutral. And they added and, voice acting yeah. finally, right? Like the first one didn't have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they it, 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 fully, uh, the original originally voice. didn't launch with voice acting, but they patched it in. Oh, okay, yeah. But it, but I think but it was yeah, also just, like stuff that the characters had already said, so it wasn't uh, as natural. Yeah, as they it didn't really. Oh, it was just sound bites. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, there we go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Alright, so what are you... Yeah, so that coupled with... Um, oh, yeah. Well, with all that, it's... Nick 2 and Street Fighter 6 for one. Angel. Jason? Mm-hmm. I think... I've heard so much good stuff about Street Fighter 6. I think that's going to take it. Both. I think I kind of want to take it because it did actually, like Angel said, push the series in ways even I was kind of enticed by. Like, some of the single-player stuff is very interesting. Um, and also, it just... I feel like it had a lot of momentum behind it because those changes Ninja were so Turtle collab. And it had an intertural collab. But yeah, like I, I would say it's close between Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, but I feel like Mortal Kombat one kinda came and went. And Street Fighter was like something that really had like some inertia. Yeah, I was uh I was Although not Omni Man is shocked. pretty cool. We'll say that. I was uh I was not necessarily shocked at how well uh Street Fighter Six reviewed. Uh but it was still like I like man, Street Fighter Six is getting ten out of tens. Yeah, and no, the last crazy. Street Fighter like Street Fighter five was a very mixed bag when it launched. Compared to uh, the launch of Street Fighter uh, Four back in the day, so yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to Street Fighter Six for for my wants and wills. Uh, best RPG: We have Baldur's Gate Three, Final Fantasy Sixteen, Liza P, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. With Kevin category, it sounds like uh, Mario RPG was not. Uh, well, will probably be on the next Game Awards. Yeah. Right. Angel wants board. Mario RPG on this list. <laughs> I don't think I haven't played any of the other ones or even know what they are. Uh, I you, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't have Microsoft you don't have to wouldn't shut up about it for twelve months. <laughs> I recognize Starfield, but I don't even think I've seen gameplay. I mean, the, the, remember the, that original trailer with a sandwich? Is that, is that was that the game? Yeah, that a was sandwich. a sandwich though, of somebody like being a, a sandwich pirate and just collecting all the sandwiches. The scope and scale of Starfield is 
crazy. Like the amount of like world they crammed into that game is insane. But I don't know if that necessarily makes <laughs> what sense. What were the other options? That great. God damn it. Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Liza P, and Sea of Stars. Oh, Liza P. Um, I'll throw once for that one. Okay. My man. Because, yeah, American McGee's Pinocchio sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which and that's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. Callback. I um. Yeah. I think the success story of Baldur's Gate three makes me want it to win. Yeah, I'm gonna and say I think that's gonna make it win. win it. Yeah. So yeah. Baldur's I think the way it came up, even like I remember they teased it at it, the game it was awards like prestige gaming. for years, <laughs> and people were kind of like, "Oh, okay," and then it came out and just like dominated and just had such good momentum and such good like fan enthusiasm and it just like skyrocketed like late summer i think that one's i still wonder how much like microsoft was kicking themselves for kind of like you know we got starfield and then they just ignored baldur's gate while sony's like well well, you can come to playstation baldur's gate we'll hook you up like i they they must have been kicking themselves because the amount of like how quickly that game grew is crazy so yeah i think baldur's gate's gonna take it Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, my want is going to Liza P, and uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is going to get that one for sure. Uh, best Action Adventure, Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and Tears of the Kingdom, so the sequel category. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to give Spider-Man 2 is going to win, but I want Resident Evil 4 to win. Spider-Man 2 will win, but you want re4 to win jason that's correct that's a tricky one i obviously want tears of kingdom to win because i'm a biased nintendo nerd but i i think spider-man might take it i mean like zelda here's a kingdom i guess is action adventure but i feel like spider-man more defines that genre and is probably gonna take it uh i'm gonna it doesn't that feels mismatched slightly, even though it's really not. It's for some reason doesn't feel as good of a match as Spider Man, and both are obviously very high quality games. So, yeah, my wants will be Spider Man Two. I think Tears of the Kingdom is going to take this one though. Mm. I I could see it going where it's Tears of the Kingdom doesn't take this, and Spider Man because does, you're saying that then, Tears of the Kingdom is going to win Game of the Year. Yeah, I, I could see like the judges doing the like a one. pity thing one way or another. So like whatever wins Best Action Adventure may not win Game of the Year. So like if it's Spider Man here, it's Tears for Game of the Year. If it's Spider-Man for Candy Year, it's tears here. Like, I can see that switcheroo happening in either direction. Uh, this one is best action. So, minus the adventure of the previous game. Uh, we have Armored <laughs> Core whacking. 6, Dead Island 2, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, and Remnant 2. I want Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, I think Hi-Fi Rush is going to be all of our... I, I'm still mad that's one. not playable on Switch. I understand why it's not. I under I completely understand. But I really like that was one of the few times like, man, I wish those Game Pass rumors of Game Pass kind of Switch actually materialized because yeah, that game looks so cool. I'm actually gonna give my will to Hi Fi Rush too. Like not because they're gonna throw it a bone, but because it's it's apparently an amazing game. Um yeah, I could see it winning too just cuz it stands out in a sea of all the others as being more a little more unique. Although I would I wouldn't mind seeing Armor Core 6 taking it either. That game was really really fun. Um I don't I don't think Dead Island has a has a chance in hell. 
Ghost Runner no. 2, I think, just came and went. It didn't have the impact that the first one did. Uh, I still see a lot of people playing Remnant 2, but I feel like that's also another one that wasn't in the in the zeitgeist. It wasn't in the discussions as much as that first yeah. one was. I agree. Um, I agree. So It's interesting. This kind of goes back to what I was saying about the popularity contest with the Game Awards, but like, if you're not in the zeitgeist, you basically, more likely than not, aren't getting anything. Yeah. Um, Angel, yeah. what do you think will win? Oh man, I don't know. At one point, I was agreeing with you, and then I just forgot all the contestants. <laughs> what were they? <laughs> Armor Core Six, Deadline Two, Ghost Runner Two, Life by Rush, Remnant Two. All right, Armored Core will and want. Will and want. Will win, and I wanted to win. You wanted yeah. to win. Okay, interesting. The man must like his max. Uh, Jason, what's your will will win? I think it could go to Hi-Fi Rush just because it's it's different from. Although mm, From Software is a favorite of the Game Awards, so yeah, that's true. Like a big favorite of the Game Awards. Um, dang, yeah, it might go to Armored. I feel like Armored Core. I don't want to say it came and went, but it did not have the impact I think From Software hoped it would. Oh, I mean, I I don't I don't agree with you there because. It got way more attention than an Armored Core game had ever gotten. Ever. Oh, for sure. But I for read sure. something where they're like, oh, in Japan, it's doing great. And overseas, it's d- doing. <laughs> so I was like, oh, they seemed a little bummed. But no, yeah, for sure, but, compared but considering to that, that ones, the yeah. Armored Core yeah. games before would come out and no one expected any, anything. Yeah, and be like super niche. Yeah. Like the fact that people were just talking about it just, just in general. The fact that we're having this conversation right now exactly. is testing it too. No, but honestly, yeah, I think, yeah, I'll say I think Armor Core might take it just because of the From Software tie-in because they developed it, obviously. Yeah. Um, best AR VR. We don't have to do that one. Best mobile game we can do uh, because Monster Hunter Now is here. I'm going to guess that you're going to give that. Which that. I've not played. Oh, never mind. Let's get, uh, Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, best debut indie game. I don't think any of us played any of these games, so we're just gonna skip that. Best debut? What's the list? I'm curious. Actually, played all of them. You did not play Cocoon, Dredge, Pizza Tower, Venba, or Viewfinder. No, exactly. So, I want it to. Is Venba the uh, cooking one? The uh, like the narrative cooking game? Like it's Indian family. I don't know. I, I I literally told you that I did not play this game. I want to say it is, and I remember it had a cool art style, and I think it has like a kind of touching story. So I kind of hope just for that it takes. Although Pizza Tower is pretty funny in in concept. <laughs> Assuming it is that game, I think it is. I'm, I'm about to Google it. I, I'm, you know what? No, I'm going with my gut. Vemba is this the will this game. will not be part of no, our of our of our actual like. This is a bonus this Jason a point. Bonus yes. rent. Okay, now I will say Vemba. First of all, I've t- I'm, I'm making two predictions. One is that Vemba is in fact yeah, the gonna, cooking uh, game about Indian family, and two indie? is that I think it may take it, or I hope it takes it. I don't think it'll take it, but I hope it takes it. Indie game, Vemba for Jason. Oh, hold on. Is Viewfinder why I think it is? I don't know. Is Viewfinder I didn't that play it. <laughs> you know what? Viewfinder, I just realized what it is. There's this game on PS5. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Like, you, you look at something, and then depending on the angle you look at or something, it completely – or you, like, hold up a photo, and then it instantly becomes the thing. Like, and then you walk into it. Like, it technologically speaking, Viewfinder is really trippy. So, Vember or Viewfinder. There you go. Bonus points for Jason. 
onward. No, you choose one. <laughs> you are not getting points for both. Oh no, I I think I want Vemba, and I'm saying, uh, and Viewfinder will get it. Oh, I I don't I don't have a Z access on this Excel sheet, so it's you'll it's just fine. It's my it's my own little it's your internal self. thing. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, best independent game: Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. All games that I did not play. Yeah, I'm gonna have to abstain. I barely I'm, played I'm the gonna, games. I I'm did gonna play. not guess on this one because I yeah, I don't want to throw myself out there twice with games I haven't played. So uh, best community support we can pass because I don't. I What's don't on play. it? I'm curious. It's uh, always the same games. I feel like. Baldur's Gate three, Cyberpunk 2077, which I think will win it. Uh, Destiny they turned two, that thing around like crazy. Yeah, yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen and No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky's on it again. I feel like Cyberpunk is the new version of the No Man's, of no Sky, Man's Sky story. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I think No Man's Sky has one in the past do that turnaround. So I think you're right, Kevin. I think Cyberpunk will win for the same reason. Yeah, and then best ongoing is Apex Legends, Cyberpunk, Final Fantasy, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. I don't know why Cyberpunk is on here, considering they literally said this DLC was its first and last. And I don't think they have any plans on, well, on well, making like seasonal updates. Have, have been ongoing since have been ongoing. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna abstain from this one. If you could trot out Keanu, sure. Then trot out Keanu and give it to best ongoing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, last year I was playing four of these games. This year I barely played any. That seems like none should get the award. Yeah, I'm gonna abstain from this one. It honestly, it's weird how they define this. To your point about Cyberpunk, because like. Not saying it's the best, but wouldn't two years and 48 courses in Mario Kart get you some nomination? You oh, yeah. are ongoing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like it's really weird how they define this. So I'm going to For Jason's wants. candidate. <laughs> he wants. Yes, he Mario Kart 8 He wants Mario Kart 8 just on pass. the ballot. <laughs> yeah. I'm just um, going to, you know, they're going to announce it on stage and we'll be up in the rafters and I'll just be shouting, Mario Kart, Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, we, hear it on, we hear it on the stream. That's me. Games for Impact, a space for the unbound chance of I'm not I'm gonna butcher this Sinair, uh, goodbye volcano high. This is this word is T C H I A, uh, Terra Nil and Venba. I'm gonna abstain from this. I don't know enough about them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't even pronounce. I will one say of them. in past years I've known at least a couple. I mean I know Venba. We already talked about that, but uh, um, I don't know the others. So yeah, I'll pass. Yeah, innovation and accessibility. Uh, I think we talked about this last, or I we definitely did this one for one year. Uh, but Diablo Six, we talked about, Forza, yeah, High Five, Spider Man Two, Mortal Kombat One, Street Fighter Six. Uh, I think it's probably going to go to Street Fighter Six. I'm going to abstain, but I'm pretty sure it's going to go into Street Fighter Six. I don't yeah, know sure enough about this year's. Either. Yeah, because I've only played one of these games, and I know Street Fighter Six did have, like of the. Of games that did get, like, uh, that I heard about their accessibility options, I did hear about Street Fighter Six, so I'll probably give it to that. Also, I'm going to rewind us for a split second. Um, games for Impact, in past years, there's been some bigger games, and it's sort of, I want to say a bummer, but kind of a bummer that nothing scratched, like, the zeitgeist, got to, like, the zeitgeist level, like, in past years for games that actually, like, tell unique stories or tell about groups that don't get to have a voice. Like, mm. it was cool in past years when it happened. So the fact that it didn't this year is kind of like, oh, that that's a missed opportunity for gaming as a whole, I guess. Okay. But, uh, best performance, which I really only know one of these. Uh, ben Starr for Final Fantasy 16. Uh, Cameron Monaghan 
or Monahan for Jedi Survivor, Idris Elba for Knuckles the Echidna, uh, Melanie Libbard for Alan Wake 2, Neil Newbun, or Newbin, Newbone for Baldur's Gate 3, and Yuri Lewenthal for Spider-Man 2. In what game was Idris Elba actually knuckles i thought it was just in the movie i'm, I'm kidding it, it was it was for cyberpunk uh <laughs> phantom liberty because oh, i was like hold up what <laughs> are you yeah, gonna like, why are they making categories like that <laughs> yeah do you you slip you slip that in very slickly well done uh, uh i mean i'm I, i've only played spider-man t- oh that's not true uh i don't know who who neil who, the, who does this guy play i i bet you this guy plays uh the vampire whoops, whoops spoiler alert for Baldur's gate 3 sorry uh Asterion, there we go. Asterion. Yeah, Asterion. Um, Slight spoiler I'm, for I'm sure Baldur's Gate 3. It, it just is going to win it because he's Celebrity Man, so he has to win it. Uh, Cameron Monaghan saw a Celebrity Man too, and he's been at the Game Awards before, so he could take but it. But I never heard of him, <laughs> oh, and that's well, my bar. You've definitely heard Yuri keep... Lewenthal before in multiple anime. It was Sasuke. Hmm, doesn't ring a bell. Well, anyways, um, uh, I'm going to abstain from voting, but I'm pretty sure Ben Starr's going to take this one. I want to say Cameron Monaghan, not for Star Wars, but because I really liked him as essentially Joker in Gotham, even though he's never actually called Joker. So I'm going to give him a game award for his performance on the TV show Gotham. <laughs> That's okay, how that works, Idris, right? And, and, and uh, Angel chooses Idris Elba for his performance in uh, Sonic 2. In Sonic, And yeah. the upcoming Knuckles TV series. Yep. Uh, best audio design. I, I'm going to abstain from this. I, I I would give it to Hi-Fi Rush though. Hi-Fi. Yep, yeah. Hi-Fi, Hi-Fi Rush. I think might take it because yeah. the whole game's based yeah, around that audio design. Though. Yeah. So. Uh, best score in music. We have Alan Wake Two, Baldur's Gate Three, Final Fantasy Sixteen, Hi-Fi Rush, and Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, let's give it to Hi-Fi Rush. I haven't heard any other soundtracks for any of these games though. I uh, I want to say Zelda because I have to stay true to my. Pop a Nintendo, but honestly, what Hi-Fi Rush does with music, I mean, it's actually in a way similar to what Zelda does with like the dynamic music. But Hi-Fi goes further, so I don't know. I'm really torn. Uh, I'm gonna say Tears of Kingdom might get it, but I'm gonna say that Hi-Fi Rush maybe should, and I can't believe I'm betraying Nintendo. And then Angel, so you sorry. want Hi-Fi Rush to get it, but who do you want to get it? Mm, Hi-Fi Rush as well. Okay. Koji Kondo, uh, please don't disown me, even though you've never met me, and even though you didn't actually do the music for. Tears I would want Baldur's Gate three to take it, but I have heard some of the tracks on Final Fantasy sixteen, and they cooked in that game with that game soundtrack. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to give the will to Final Fantasy sixteen. Some of those tracks. And I hope are, that's how they amazing. announce the winner. By the way, they specifically say Final Fantasy Final Fantasy sixteen. You guys cooked. Here's your award. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, best art direction: We have Alan Wake Two, Hi-Fi Rush, Liza P, Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, huh. That's I guess want we'll say Wonder, but I guess we'll maybe. Man, I don't know. We'll just get throw to Liza P. For will win? You think Liza P's gonna win? No offense to Liza P. Yeah, no offense to Liza P. I love that game, but I don't think that's going to win. It's pretty generic. Looking I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to give it to Hi-Fi Rush that will win it. I think Hi-Fi Rush might be the Trojan, like the sleeper hit of this award show. Okay. And what do you want to, what do you want to win? 
Jason. It's yours? No, I think actually. The thing, yeah. with, the thing with tears is that I we've seen tears. it before. Same way, yeah. That's why I'm kind of torn. But they do, yeah. But like the stuff they do with the sky, it's really like the. the but that's not art direction; it's just direction. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Wonder because at least it felt a little more like they they, they cartoonified Mario in a way they never have before. Um, in the same way that you could argue Hi-Fi Rush to basically animate an action game, they cartooned a Mario game. So I'll I'll, I'll hope for Wonder. Because, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom, they do a good... I think Best Direction versus Best Art Direction is more in Tears' favor. Uh, we do have Best Game Direction, but I don't know. Yeah, look at that. To. Tears. <laughs> there we go. Uh, best Game uh, Direction is, is awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. We have Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom. I take it back before when I said that action game, action adventure mm. game and game of the year would flip each other. I think best direction and game of the year one's gonna get one one's gonna get the other um i kind of think it should go to tears if i had to pick between the nintendos (laughs) because there's two of them uh i i think tears like mario they do some fun stuff with it and going wacky with it is fun and there's a direction there for sure but i feel like tears yeah i don't know i feel like that might get best direction over mario if i'd pick with a nintendo and what i would want with a nintendo Yeah, I think it would give the it's gonna win to Zelda, but won't give Wonder, but it probably won't. But yeah, well, Davy. I will. I will give it to. I haven't finished Spider Man two, but it doesn't necessarily do anything that's brand new. I would probably give the want to Baldur's Gate 3. Hmm. Interesting. But Actually, I will yeah. give my will to Alan Wake 2 because I've seen some of the things that that game does and I'm at some point I'm going to play it and I'll talk about it in this podcast because uh, spoiler alert, it apparently takes place in the same universe as Control and I loved Control I, so much oh, that I started replaying it. Them over? Yes. So, I heard rumblings they might, but interesting. No, yeah, they they did, and so I'm, and like I said, I've seen some of the things that that game does, and it's super cool. So I, I'm probably in game direction to Alan Wake. To uh, to be honest, Alan Wake makes sense. If it's not good, like like that game is so narrative driven and so like it's basically a TV show in a way that you yeah. play. So I, I could direction it. The, the the term direction makes the most sense for that game in a way. Do you know the Switch version is worth getting? Of control or Alan Wake one. Alan Wake. I don't. Uh, is there? I don't think there is a switch. Uh, the originals on Switch. Oh, the original. The I don't know how yeah. that game runs. So, I want to say it's cloud, but I might be wrong. Really? Oh, I think you might. Right. Control is cloud. Control sure. was cloud, and um, Control like, played yeah, fine I'm, I'm and looked right fine. Now. So, yeah, Control looked and played fine. It is not cloud. It's a remastered version, actually. But is the remastered version cloud? Uh. It's Nintendo.com is not loading. So we're just going to have to guess. I'm gonna, I actually don't think it is. I think Control was, but I think they actually optimized it with the remaster for Switch specifically. Well, we will know someday. Maybe someday. Someone's shouting at the podcast. Re- like, it was it's released cloud, for it's Nintendo cloud. Switch uh, October 20th, 2022. Last I didn't say anything about yeah. the cloud. So. Is, yeah, it was, a, it was like a Halloween surprise. They announced it with like a week's notice. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. 
Um, yep. Wait, what, uh, what else we got? Uh, the big one. Um, Marvel Snap season of the year. Um, <laughs> your choices brought to you by are, Marvel Snap. Brought to you by Marvel Snap. Uh, the choices are uh, Flyer Further Faster, which is the current season that we're in. Um, uh, Animals Assemble, which was the animal themed uh, season. Um, I'm just wondering how long you guys are going to let me uh, keep this. Oh, one I'm going to. I want you to do five. You put. You committed to the band, <laughs> damn, so you got to pull them through. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was waiting to see like, oh, are they going to? Are they going to pick my favorite season? I gotta wait to see. Uh, game of the year. Uh, Alan Wake Two, Baldur's Gate Three, Spider Man Two, oh. Resident Evil Four, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom. I was about to open up the wiki for Marvel Snap, but I, I got too lazy. <laughs> um, Fair enough. This is a hard one. This year has been stacked. such a good year. Baldur's Gate Three is gonna win it, but I want Mario Wonder to win it. Yeah, we'll go with that. Wonder Baldur's Gate Three. I'm probably. As much as I as much as I love the Spider Man games, I kind of want Alan Wake to take it. I I have I played the first one. I I never beat it. Like I said, some of the things that I've seen that game do, um, and even like on a graphical level, it's like amazing. Baldur's Baldur's Gate is gonna take it. Baldur's Gate's gonna take it. I agree. And your tears for want. Probably Mario Wonder. I mean, I'm a Mario diehard through and through. Like, I like Zelda, but Mario's my jam. Like, I think I want Mario Wonder to take it. I'm I'm still going through the game. Um, I was playing it the other night some more, actually, and it's just... It does just enough to be familiar, but just enough to feel new. I feel like, yeah. And the multiplayer stuff I talked so about last episode, I wanted wonderful. to be Yes, wonderful. I want it to be Wonder, yeah. But I think it's going to be Baldur's Gate. But this year's tough. Like, this... I feel like we have had one of the best years in games in a very, very, very long time. Just if you think of, like, just how well... Like, any game anyone is anticipating this year pretty much came out really well. Like, I don't recall there being any games that, like, didn't stick their landings this year. Like, so many are rated so high. It's a tough year. Yeah, pretty good year for gaming for sure. Yeah, it's like the pent-up, like, pandemic years of, like, you know, thinking like all the delays and stuff, they all like just hit at once now. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone got their groove back. Yeah. So, I yeah, I think Baldur's Gate's going to take it just because that one really came in out of nowhere and was such a high quality thing. And it's kind of outside the norm. Like it's an indie studio sort of. Yeah, I think they're going to take it. Yeah, well, uh, that is our 2023 Game Awards predictions. Uh, for the winners, I'm pretty confident with my pick. All right, I don't know about you guys. Biggest bombshell announcement. Go. <laughs> uh, last Ronin tra- trailer. Yep, that's gonna be the biggest bombshell. I mean, for you, that is a bombshell. That would so that would be that's fair. That would be crazy. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I don't know if they can. Ex- like, you're talking like world premiere, like. Brand new, unannounced world premiere, but they don't use that term anymore. So sure. just fade to black, and there it is. <laughs> yeah, it's but derogatory. It's yeah, it's it's insulting to the premieres that are just not world. No, but um, yeah, what like you new announcement, like news? new announcement. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. 
I'm thinking. There's an easy out. There's a very easy out if you want it. It was gonna be mine, but I'll give it to you. Sure. I I, I want to hear six. Frank's <laughs> secret is trying to give awards. That's not a bombshell, though. Like, they said I'm the trailer sort of will expecting debut that there. First early December. Yeah, they, yeah like they've already announced that the game is 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 real, and we will have a trailer next month. Like I'm not. That's not a real bombshell. I guess it's not really a bombshell. It's more just a big high profile game. You're right. For yeah. me personally, the biggest bombshell would be a reboot of the Custom Robo franchise from Nintendo. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, but it would I, be a bombshell. I wish it would. Yeah. And also, to be fair, Nintendo now treats the Game Awards as like a B-tier announcement space. <laughs> like they don't do like their biggest games. They do like Bayonetta, but the spinoff. So, you know, Origins. So maybe Custom Robo would show up as like a weird commercial. Oh, for me, it would actually be a Resident Evil 5 remake. That w- that would blow my mind. I love Resident Ooh, Evil Five so much. I mean, they're cool. it's it, they're getting up to it. It's next, right? So I, if they yeah, decide to do it, but yeah, Resident, yeah, Resident, Resident Evil Five. I feel would like be, we either get a cutoff or they're just gonna go all the way. But because of, if I remember correctly, Resident Evil Two, no, Resident Evil Two was during the PS3. What was during a, one of the uh, the PS4 or the PlayStation conferences? I for, when did Resident Evil Four get announced? I don't um, it wasn't at the Game Awards. I know that. It was not. Wasn't was it? Wasn't it during E3? Yeah, it was during E3. I think. I think oh it was yeah, it was. It was. Another, yeah, it was. It was their state of play. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, you know what? Actually, yeah, be a good Evil bombshell. 5, but it'd still be a bombshell for me. I got a good bombshell. Banjo Kazooie coming back. There's been smoke around that for years, but there's never fire. Now the smoke's died down. So now, after the rumors have stopped, there it is. Surprise! Banjo's back, and. Nintendo and Microsoft are on good terms. They just announced Jet Force Gemini for Switch Online last week. That's on top of Golden IRAs. So who knows? Maybe Banjo's back and maybe he's on Switch and Xbox. I That's my wild card bomb service shot. back on. I have no idea what's even on that service anymore. Yeah, no, they, they so, to so everyone's surprise, they put Jet Force Gemini. Or it comes out, Jet Force Gemini comes out next month in December. But um, they well, announced never it played week. that game before, so that's actually pretty cool. I inexplicably have a strategy guide for the game, but I never owned it the game so i have all the tips at the ready i just haven't yeah. applied them to the game <laughs> so yeah ah. well speaking of game i guess there was that one game there was also a movie but someone watched scott pilgrim takes off was it you jason no surprisingly was it you Kevin? i've been muted this entire goddamn time God damn it. <laughs> wow. How long were you talking? It, it, it was nothing important. I'm actually now worried about the audio to see. No, because you guys were responding to pretty much everything that I was saying. Um, Yeah, Scott Pilgrim takes off the newest uh, Netflix anime with an asterisk uh, on that anime part. Um, Did did you guys watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Or did, or yes. did you guys read the graphic novels? The movie? Yeah, the movie. I, I saw the movie, did not read the graphic novels, but watched slash saw recaps of it. Okay. Um, I have seen the movie in okay. my Michael Sarah fandom days. I'm still okay. a fan, just in my peak, and that's as far as I went, but I very much enjoyed the movie. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, the basics for the movie and and uh, the graphic novels is uh, we have the main character, Scott Pilgrim, uh, who's 2020, 2020, who's 22 years old. Uh, and that that is important for the plot. 
and he essentially meets this mysterious girl named Ramona Flowers that he begins dating. And the caveat with that is that he has to defeat her seven evil exes. Um, there was an adaptation of, a, uh, I wouldn't say a loose adaptation, but it was an adaptation of the graphic novels called Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, the title, uh, actually being the title of the second graphic novel or the third graphic novel. Um, and I, to say that I loved that movie would be an understatement. Um, I adored that movie since the first trailer, like, uh, hit the, the internet. I made shirts that Scott wore in the movie. I bought a bass guitar because Scott plays bass. Uh, I started wow. listening to Metric, uh, Aww. whose lead singer, uh, who lead singers look directly influence one of Scott's exes. Uh, and Metric is one of my, like my favorite bands. Um, Metric's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very Canadian, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the oh, world. By the impact. Say, say that again. I'm sorry. No, I didn't really have to have that much of an impact. Oh yeah. And then yeah, I didn't of course, realize it was that big for you. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's the whole Scott Pilgrim dating. I, I didn't want to be Scott Pilgrim because he dated a, a, a high schooler, but you know, that, that also has an asterisk. That's, that's its own discourse. Uh, that that came back <laughs> when this uh when this anime uh, came out. Um, I saw the movie, I think three times in theaters. One of the times, uh, was w- for the Blu-ray release. Um, where I went to the Egyptian theater in Hollywood, and after the movie, there were some of the stars. So like Michael Sarah was there, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was there. Um, I'm Edgar Wright was there. Wow! I did like, where was I? I'm, yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. I'm like, where was I? I'm very <laughs> and, jealous. I mean, I, I love can't you just stuff. check Foursquare or whatever? Yeah, and it was a uh, or Beehive. There was a panel with them that was being moderated by Guillermo del Toro of all people. What um, on earth? When was this? This was for the Blu-ray release. <laughs> oh, okay, so I didn't know you yet. You yeah, pass. Uh, I actually song. took a photo with. <laughs> I took a photo with Edgar Wright and Michael Sarah, and I don't know where those photos are they, they're probably in my how? photo bucket account let, let's let's real quick let's back up for a second i've known you how many years and this has never come up that's a good how point is that scott, when has scott pilgrim ever come up? i don't know but exactly. that and edgar wright and michael Sarah and meeting them all like yeah what yeah huh. it, was, it was a really cool night that's super it was, awesome. uh, it was back when i still didn't drive which is crazy now i think about it um uh that being said like uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World was unfortunately like a one-and-done movie that, like I said, very, very loosely adapted the graphic novels. Uh, the novels really delved more into the characters, and there was way more slice-of-life uh, moments between characters while still being over-the-top uh, with the uh, situations that they were in. But like even so, the movie still has like that great kinetic style that Edgar Wright is known for. And yeah, I... I I actually don't own that movie in on Blu-ray or 4K Blu-ray for that matter. That, that movie probably looks surprising. that that movie actually probably looks really really good in That's 4K a, too. I'm, like it's so colorful. Oh, it sounded like you were gonna owe. It sounded like you were like giving up to say like I have like four different versions of it. No, <laughs> no. But no. I remember I did put my uh. I did, even digitally? Not not even digitally. Um. I do remember putting my t- my ticket stubs for the. For the times I did see the movie in uh, in my high school like time capsule thing uh, hmm. that they opened up for the t- 
10 year reunion that I just never went to. Um, I like, uh, yeah, that movie had a, had a real big effect on me. Um, and like fans have been demanding a sequel or like a new adaptation, uh, for Scott Pilgrim that we just never got. And then this anime slash cartoon slash show, whatever you want to call it was announced. And it was really, really exciting or not even announced. It was sort of in a press release by Netflix saying that, Hey, this is, uh, this is being done just F- FYI. Um, yeah, it's the most offhand announcement of a cult classic thing. I've yeah, it was like, it was like, it was like Scott, <laughs> uh, Scott Pilgrim shows is, is being developed and we're like, all right, cool. And then it was eventually announced that it was bringing back the entire main cast, which the entire main cast is now filled with TV and movie superstars. And yeah, they got, even yeah, if it was everybody. just like a gimmick, like it's a really good gimmick. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, Anamanaguchi, the same band that composed uh, the beat up, uh, the beat 'em up Scott Pilgrim game, was going to be composing some of the music here. It was sort of like a dream come true because it's also being produced by Edgar Wright, the director of the movie, and it's being like the showrunner was Brian Lee O'Malley, the original artist and writer for the show, and then it was getting animated by Saru, uh who actually produced one of my favorite animes, Devil Man Crybaby, which was another uh, Netflix anime. Uh, so it's just like this perfect storm of an adaptation. It's It looks and sounds great. The animation, especially the fight scenes, are so creative and so frenetic. It, it like, the character models, it, it's like a perfect visual adaptation. And then the score is really good. And there are some great needle drops that are that like feature artists like Johnny Cash and the Dead Kennedys, who Dead Kennedys are, is like one of my favorite punk bands, and I, I nearly shot up when I started hearing uh, their song because Dead Kennedys are n- are never used in TV shows, especially shows as like not family friendly as this because this is definitely an adult show, um, but it was still really really great to see or not to see to hear. Um, and like speaking of hearing, like the voice acting started a little rough for me. I'm not gonna lie, because it's not necessarily that the voice cast is doing a bad job, but mainly it's hard to uh, hear Lucas Lee, uh, a character in the show, being voiced by Chris Evans of all people, like this super super gruff guy. And I just like, man, that's Chris. They actually got Chris Evans to do this, and obviously they weren't in the same in the same like booth recording these voices but it's still like yeah man to get like him, aubrey yeah. plaza's in this thing you know brie larson is in this thing brie larson anna literally kendrick, just had right? a marvel movie anna, i'm sorry isn't anna kendrick also in this anna movie? yeah anna kendrick's on and it's yeah. not even like little cameos they they get some lines it, like they get way more lines than i was than i was expecting um one aspect it must oh go, 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 ahead, go, ahead. go ahead no 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 go, ahead. No, go for it I was no, gonna say it must be you know, else. okay. I was gonna say it must be <laughs> the voice acting that you know thing you set aside. There is something, and like I'm like all warm and fuzzy because you're so like it's something that's like your thing. There, there, and you're getting to experience it. There's something really cool about something you're a big fan of that you're super passionate about. Kind of like nailing it across the board. <laughs> so, and oh, it here's, doesn't? here's where the here and here's. Uh-oh. I was so happy for you, but here, now I'm scared. Here's where the record scratch happens. Uh, there it is. 
Uh, spoiler alert for Scott Program takes off because it's impossible to talk about this show without spoiling, um, essentially the entire series. So I don't know if you guys care to hear about it, Angel. Uh, Angel, I don't I know think if I you're, know what you're say. Do you, Angel, do you care? No, not really. Um, yeah, if you, if listener, if you don't want to get spoiled, uh, we got timestamps in the descriptions of the episodes. <laughs> the so just, just head over. And honestly, to... there, I don't even know if there's another topic after this one. We're coming up on two hours. <laughs> if you made it here, then just, if you made it here, you can done. subscribe to us on any podcast app. And um, now, Kevin, spoil away. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, do you want to, want to just take care of the housekeeping now? And then we just end with the, no. <laughs> I, I just did. I did the bridged. <laughs> um, Anyway, yeah. So, uh, the first episode is basically like a nip and tucked version of the first graphic novel, where Scott fights uh, the first evil ex, uh, Matthew Patel. Um, and you know, in the graphic novel and the movie, uh, Scott wins, and in Scott Pilgrim takes off, Scott loses and dies, and. That is something that absolutely does not happen at the end of the first volume or the movie. So the show is really about the ramifications of Scott losing. It's a, pretty much a, a pseudo sequel slash what if slash Wait, just straight up. Wait, he stays dead? So the show is essentially Ramona trying to figure out how and why Scott was killed. Well, that makes the title make a lot more sense. He's taken off from the show. Yeah, he t- yeah <laughs> he gone. takes off. He he absolutely takes off. Um, I, I guess huh. like another spoiler alert. Eventually, Scott does coming. come back. Like uh, I will say that he does come back. Okay. Um, yeah. and the thing it, I knew is it was like a what if alternate storyline from the book and the movie. Yeah, that's it, the most I knew. Assen- yeah, essentially, it is a what if. Um, but like. It also the marketing is, material did a really good job of hiding that because I feel like I've seen so many different trailers and they always show Scott. And that's part of prominently. yeah, and that's part of some of the discourse that is happening right now, where like some people are feeling duped because they didn't necessarily say that this was going to be a one-to-one adaptation, um, but there is you know some of the fans of that wanted to see the graphic novels come to life essentially, right? They wanted to see those in motion, and instead they got essentially what what is a what if scenario, and like I said, it it technically is a sequel. Um, it's actually the parallel that I would say that best the or the piece of media that best parallels this show is actually Final Fantasy remake. Um, is it's actually <laughs> what really, a full funny. circle episode we yeah. have! Wow. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like, you know, I, I didn't mind. I already love these characters. So seeing them in essentially like a new adventure was like, it was like perfectly fine for me. Um, but I can understand why some people are upset for sure. Uh, what was your, so when when that happened and you didn't see it coming, Uh what was your genuine reaction in that moment? My, the, 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 it was like, wait, huh? I, I'm sure they'll, They'll do something in the next episode where, you know, Scott's back and then we're going to go back on track. And no, it just never happened. And huh, I remember uh, messaging uh, our, our our friends and slash friend of the show, Matthew, because Matthew was like my I, I was I was his right hand man. And, and he was my right hand man during this whole Scott Pilgrim versus the world uh, 
uh, mania that we both had where the mm-hmm. he was the very first person that I talked to like hey the the adaptation is apparently not an adaptation at all like I can't even call this a loose adaptation it's just it's right. its own new thing and even that took him by surprise because yeah like angel like you said like everything that they've shown is essentially like you cannot tell that Scott Pilgrim takes off is its own new thing um yeah, the only clue that it's just the name. Yeah. Like, I did find it kind of weird that they didn't call it Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So that did kind of make me at least go like, oh, I guess there's going to be something different about it. I didn't I understand the name what, at all. But... Now I get it. Yeah, I was like, that's a weird name. But now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, well, Scott, like I said, Scott Pilgrim versus the world was the name of the second uh, novel. The The yeah. very first one is called Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, the very first episode is called uh, "Precious Little Life" or something like that. So that that was like, okay, yeah, this is gonna, this is absolutely just going to be a uh, an adaptation. So, but nope. Yeah, interesting. It's, uh, mm, it was. I, I will say, if if like I'm not as much of a Scott Pilgrim diehard as you are, but like, if I think I'd be cool, are you cool with it? It sounds like you're cool with it. With with what? The adaptation, not oh, the I loved adaptation. It. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. oh, I think yeah. by by the it definitely was a sort of sl- not a slap to the face, but it was definitely like a wait, what? This isn't going to be adapting the books, the graphic novels that I love. But by the end of it, right. I was completely okay with it. And like the series is great. Okay. The yeah. the the essentially the what if scenario is is fantastic. Because I was gonna say that if it were me with any property I loved. I the second that it was in the hands of the like the showrunner you're mentioning being the original guy and Edgar Wright producing and all the cast being back and all the music being back, you know, like all the pieces being what they are, I'd go on whatever ride they take me. Like I understand fans don't want direct adaptation, but this is all the original creatives. Like if it was like Mario or something, it did some weird twist, but it was like, Oh well Miyamoto and Tezuka did mm-hmm. it together i'd be like yeah okay that makes sense i'll go on whatever ride they want to take me it's their baby yeah like this is so. essentially a brand new scott pilgrim novel you know so yeah, just animated yeah so i'm not i i i say i'm not sure why people are mad but i i, I do know why they're mad right people want to see those original novels not a not a what if scenario but yeah i don't know i i treat this more as a sequel because of of the things that that transpire um which that i won't spoil um, I'm gonna be honest. You just sold me on it because I I thought it was a one to one adaptation. I'm like, well, I like the movie. I've seen the movie. I don't need to watch an animated. Mm-hmm. But now I'm actually very interested. And, in yeah, and so. and and while Scott coming back is is a sort of a spoiler. Yeah, um, <laughs> the the way the way that he comes back is very uh, is very out of left field of that, but not in a bad way. Uh, if that makes sense. Almost. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. I almost want to rewatch the movie and then watch the show right after and kind of like compare and contrast the differences. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean the the books are. I keep calling them books. I'm sorry. The graphic novels, like my voice just broke. Uh, the graphic novels uh diverge from the movie pretty much after the first evil ex boyfriend. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, and like the movie is definitely just like a nip and tucked version minus those slice of life. Uh, sure. Yeah. Things that happen. Um, but the first graphic novel is pretty much is as close as you can get, uh, with obviously like some, some tweaks here and here and there. Uh, Ramona used to be a, uh, Amazon delivery girl in this. She is a, uh, Netflix DVD rental, like delivery person. Of course. Um, of course. Yeah. You can't put Amazon. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Like little changes like that, which don't bother me, obviously. And I didn't yeah. bother any of the fans. It's not like people were, were looking at that first episode up to that that twist and were like, this isn't a one-to-one adaptation. Obviously, that happened after uh, of course, Scott yeah, is losing the battle. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic series. Uh, no plans for a second season, uh, which I'd be fine with. I'm sure this was a nightmare to to record especially like i said like these are movie and tv stars like you got like like i already said michael sarah mary elizabeth winstead chris evans anna kendrick kieran culkin our favorite uh or at least my favorite uh oh he's the best on succession yeah yeah he's a he's our favorite right uh yeah 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 yeah. he has the best lines yeah brandon ralph like like everybody from the from the movie, it's it's insane. Brie Larson, like I said, she just had a Marvel movie come out, and granted, it's not doing great in the box office, but but it exists. But, but, every, but everybody knows who <laughs> Captain Marvel is, even if they don't like her. Yeah. You know, like yeah, these are yeah, they're huge names. It's and, like when Arrested Development tried to get back together after everyone got so much right. bigger, but even and, more so because the cast is bigger here. And the, the best part of the show is. It has an opening that is a minute and 30 seconds long, just like in any traditional anime would. And that opening fucks so hard. It's so, so good. <laughs> it starts with like this, this, this nasty distorted bass line that you can imagine Scott playing, but it's actually performed by an actual Japanese band. Um, it's so good. It's so good. The, the, the whole series, I, I, I loved it. So my point stands from halfway through this conversation where I'm like, it's so cool that something you're so that you have such a big fandom of and passion of like delivered for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like I feel happy. Like I'm feeling like warm fuzzy about it because you're because I know this feeling with stuff Nintendo's done or like in Park has done or like things I'm a diehard for and it like everything just, the stars align and it's exactly what you want it to be, even if it's not quite what you expect it to be. And yeah, no, it sounds like you're better. having that moment now. So that's really cool. I'm I'm really happy for you as a Scott Pokemon guy. That yeah, I I yeah, will look forward to checking it out. Ho- hopefully, they release this on four K four K Blu Ray. Uh, so because you not buy it like the movie, <laughs> like the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've actually got a plan on uh, picking that up because, like I said, that movie probably looks amazing in four K. This show probably looks amazing in four K, uh, assuming it was uh, drawn in four K. I think I think that's what they do, right? They they got they they have to. They must make anime like four K quality, but usually. Yeah, because like, because like Mappa has has stuff on their uh, YouTube channel that's in 4K. Could that be an uh, AI upres. Mm, maybe it, it just depends if it's using like vector vector based programs because those could be upscaled infinitely, infinitely. and you won't yeah. lose any quality. Mm, interesting. Which if they're going all digital, they may be doing that. Yeah, like I'm looking at Mappa's YouTube channel right now, and everything's or like they're. They're like Chainsaw Man openings and endings are in 4K, but I wonder if you, I wonder if Netflix, Scott Pilgrim takes off trailer. Uh, nothing about this says 4K to me. Everything's just in 1080. Yeah, whatever. It still looks great. Scott Pilgrim takes off. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it. You're 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 actually gonna watch it? Interesting. Okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna start it. Like. Not right now because I have to put together the rest of the podcast images yeah. and blog posts. But like, 
Maybe this week, maybe next week, but I'm gonna start yeah. for sure. I, I would say yeah. yeah, you might as well watch the movie. You're, I like the graphic novels are 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 fantastic, but you wouldn't be missing out on anything if you didn't read the graphic novels. Because gotcha. Like I said, everything leading up to that first fight or to the end of that first fight is essentially the same as it is in the graphic novels anyway, so yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I did like the movie back in two thousand nine, was it? Or no. whatever. But I haven't I think it, it was two thousand ten. I think I think it was 2010. Ah, that was close. <laughs> yeah, 2010. But, um, yeah. yeah, but I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater, so I definitely mm-hmm. wanted to watch it. Oh, that was a 2010 movie? Yep. Interesting. That was a weird... What's that mean, Angel? Box Office oh, Bomb. 2010 movie? <laughs> it was. It was, a, it was a movie of that era. It was one of the red flags that led to, com- that led to movie studios not pursuing Comic-Con as hard. Because they went all in at Comic-Con for Scott Pilgrim, and it came out three weeks later and bombed. And to be fair, like, some of that marketing is not going to appeal to anybody that isn't us. Because, like, I'm looking at the poster right now, an epic ep- an epic of epic epicness. Like, even right now, that that wouldn't work for me. No, yeah. I, that yeah. probably that probably turned me off. And then, like, I remember the trailer had, like, it's on, and then scene, and then back to a title card, like Donkey Kong. I'm like, okay, calm, calm down. Yeah, they went, I mean, at the time... I was like, oh, my God, Nintendo reference. We don't see those in media, but obviously we've come a long way since then. <laughs> right. So yeah. I think um, that's probably going to do yeah. it for this episode, right? Yeah, basically. I can't think of anything else. Um, Jason? Uh, housekeeping. Kevin? I can do the fuller housekeeping. You know, yeah. I'll just take it away from here. So All right. So. Politely hand it off to Jason. Thanks. Good night, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. No, uh, thanks, Angel. Thanks, Kevin. This was the... 30th episode of Random Nintendo. And if you want to hear the 31st episode in approximately two weeks' time, if all goes well, uh, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, while it still exists, um, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and our YouTube channel, at Random Nintendo, which just so happens to also be our Twitter handle. At Ra- Why do I say it like no one knows that? I'm like, oh, what a coincidence. At Random Nintendo is our Twitter handle. Everyone knows that by now. Anyway. They're both at Round Nintendo. You can find us there. You can also find us individually on the internet. I am JSR7 on Twitter and on threads and on everything. Kevin is KVN Gomi on Twitter and threads? No, because my, my Instagram handle is KVN Gomez. So I think you. Ah, and that's how they learn your last name. Another full circle moment this episode. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you can find him there and you can find Angel's thoughts in illustrated form at World of Wearos with an S at the end on Instagram. So that does it for me. I was going to toss it back to Angel, but I just realized he said goodnight. So I think we just go straight to Kevin for the final word. Um. Oh man, I kind of edited out that F-bomb, don't I? <laughs>